Thanks for listening to the Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. RockAuto.com. Why spend 30 to 50%, even 100% more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to RockAuto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write Corolla in the How Did You Hear About Us? So that is Corolla, C-A-R-O-L-L-A, in the How Did You Hear About Us box. So they know we sent you an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Saving starts with Xfinity. Get a great price on Xfinity Internet. Plus, ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back when you add Xfinity Mobile. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Walk-ins Welcome is proud to welcome Jordan Harbinger to the show this week. Jordan is the host of the Jordan Harbinger Show podcast, and we talked about the art of interviewing people, what sees him through the rough times he's experienced, his big picture vision of the future, and how he got his start as one of the first podcasters and a dating coach way back in 2006. This is how my business evolved. Another guy said, hey, I don't really understand. I mean, I understand conceptually all these things that you're saying. But I really want to come see them in person. And I was like, well, I'm not going to have a stranger over to my house. Like, forget it. And he's like, I'll give you $10,000 if I can stay with you for two weeks. And I was like, here's my address. This guy who's like a street magician who was doing really well came to my house in New York where I was working on Wall Street and was like, I just want to kind of follow you around in the evening. To be sure you don't miss Jordan's episode, subscribe to Walk In's Welcome on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Simply safe. If you have 30 minutes, you don't have to worry about break-ins ever again. That's how quick you can set up your security system. Just go to simplysafe.com slash Adam. Two Y's in there. Simplysafe.com slash Adam. You get your customized system and a free security camera at simplysafe.com slash Adam. Well, this whole week is best of. I'm in Laguna Seca doing a car race. So, uh well, forget about the rest and relaxation, but uh, I'm going to have some fun, man, and an experience. So uh, we'll be back Tuesday, August 17th, with our first new live show. Until then, enjoy some of the best stuff we've had in the past, plus a little Geico. Do you own, do you rent your home? Well, you do one or the other, and you work hard. Then there's your automotive policy. How about you get your bundle working when you take your automotive and you bundle it up with your homeowner's or your renter's insurance. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around the house. So go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save and how easy it is to save when you go to Geico. That's Geico.com, and get your savings on. Hello, and welcome to Corolla Classics for Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. We're going to play some highlights of the Adam Carolla Show's history. My name is Chris Loxamani, the executive producer of the Adam Carolla Show. And with me, as always, our Carolla archivist, super fan Giovanni. Hi, Chris. Uh, how you doing? 
I'm I'm doing great. I'm really excited. So we, we are taking over the Adam Carolla show feed while Adam Carolla is on break. That's right. He gets a vacation too. And when he vacations, he races very expensive old race cars. So I'll be there with him. So make sure to tune in you next week. Better not pull any F9 stuff. Some John Cena move where he sabotages vehicle. I don't want to hear about that. I didn't see F9, so I don't know if he'll, if he, he'll do it if he does Oh, you got to see it. That's what you guys got to watch on your, on your night off. Oh, I think we will. Don't worry. We all, we, if well, you do it like is, that, I'm going to go to town on you like Vin Diesel the wrench. Tradition is we always watch Rush because uh, the Airbnb that we stay at for for the first three years didn't have any internet or cable, but it did have a Rush DVD in one of the drawers. And it was tradition that we'd always just pop that thing in and let it run. So, it's a good choice, but there's got to be more DVDs than that in the house. Yeah, you, you would think. Um, anyway, I'm looking forward to it. So make sure to tune in next week when we give you all the update. And the maybe recap. they're like a really cool Airbnb where they go, "Oh, Adam Carolla's staying here. Put a copy of Rush. He likes that movie." And they do that for everybody. Very possible, but uh, Airbnbs, please stop doing that for us. I've seen it too mm-hmm. many times. All right, let's get going with our first clip of the day. This is the State of the Union show. That's always our first show of the year, and this is from 2011. It's one of the rarest uh, formatting for it, too. It's just Adam Carolla solo, not a Q&A episode. So it's very similar to the very first podcast done. It's Adam Carolla Show 469. Uh, Adam breaks down, do they know it's Christmas for over 20 minutes? It's insane. Check it out. From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is the Adam Corolla Show. Today, Adam takes your calls and gives a State of the Union on Ace Broadcasting and what's coming up in 2011. And now, the man who can make all your New Year's resolutions come true, Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Man, they get it on. And it's time for a little State of the Union address with the Ace Man. Well, it's been another successful year. When I say another, what'd we do? 10 months the first time? What are we, 20 months into this bitch? Yeah, I guess it is. I just want to give you guys a little uh, heads up on where we're at. Um, First off, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend. Thank you for being so loyal. Thank you for coming out to all the live shows and selling out, mm, say, 90-something percent of them. Thank you for uh, getting my book up to uh, past uh, 50,000 units sold and keeping us on iTunes up above uh, Bush's book. (laughs) I always think about that. Do you think there's any, do you think, I don't know what, Bush probably doesn't spend a bunch of time on iTunes, but do you think that guy, do you think one of his aides or maybe one of his secret service guys like says to him, hey, check iTunes, boss, and see where you're at, and then he sees like the art of war above him and... Mark Twain above him, and then he goes, who's this jack-off Adam Carolla? That would be weird. I don't know, like if you stopped Bush and you tapped him on the shoulder and you went, do you know who Adam Carolla is? Do you think he'd say he's got a book out or I've never fucking heard that guy? Or did I have him killed in the late 90s? Hmm. I'm just going to go to bed at night and assume that he has no fucking idea. Uh, let's see. What do you guys need to know? Well, we're going to start streaming the video soon and we're start, we'll start the network soon. Uh, we will decide on a news girl soon. We will do the show and, uh, create as, as best we can. And, And as you can tell, we're doing it little by little bit by bit, you know, 
first uh, we work the audio out that took a little while then we're going to get the video worked out that's taken a little while but it's always onward and upward and again you people have made it happen you guys buying the merchandise and coming out to the live shows and getting the books and uh just listening just telling a friend i mean really if you don't have a penny if you do not have one cent of discretionary income and you go look uh an adam carolla bumper sticker for buck 99 is a little too rich for my blood that's cool if you want to contribute to the show you don't have to and i'm not i'm not telling this for everyone who has a job but let's just say you're unemployed let's just say you're listening to this podcast uh from a refrigerator box in van nuys underneath the 101 off ramp that uh, as it goes into the 405 and you, you have a dog and uh, you're using a jump rope for a leash and uh, the dog's got a bandana and it looks like that dog from road warrior and you got you just shat upon yourself let's say that's how but you have an mp3 player that's how you're listening to this show you got nothing all you have to do is tell another one of your bum buddies to listen to it too and we're cool it's really just about ears it doesn't have anything to do with uh you buying the stuff buying the stuff is great and it helps us out a lot but uh for all you who do not buy anything god love you tell a couple buddies at work or tell a couple bums at the park that uh is all we ask all right a couple of uh christmas thoughts first uh something Something that hit me when I was getting my hair cut over the Mexican barber lady a couple of days ago. <laughs> Love those ladies. You really, there's no, no reason to spend more than $13 on a haircut. First off, no matter what happens, it's going back to the way it was in three to seven weeks, right? Number two, it's all just, how much your, how much hair stuff is just sort of jacking off? You know, if you think about it, like I tell my wife every time, whenever John Stossel does one of those reports, the suave stuff, the stuff that's a buck ninety nine, is exactly the same as the Pantene stuff, which is thirteen dollars, which is exactly the same as the one from uh, Nutrice that Sarah Jessica Parker talks about with the essence and the oils and all the bullshit. It's all bullshit. They smell a little bit different, and that registers in some part of your brain, and that makes you think it's different. It's not different. But between that and the super expensive haircut between I I would love to see, especially on a dude, if anyone could tell the difference between a hundred and ten dollar haircut and a fifteen dollar haircut. Not to mention the fact it'd be like you going, I need you know what? I need a five hundred dollar lawn mowing this week. And then someone tap you on the shoulder and go, no, it's just going to. It's going to grow back at all. It's going to look the same a week from now, two weeks from now. It's just going to come right back. Yeah. Anyway, I go to the cheap barber and uh, I pay. It's the greatest thing ever because the haircuts are like 12 or $13. And when I give them the $20 and tell them to keep the change, half the time I get blown. Yeah. The other half's a hand job. No, these, these women are like, oh, I, oh, I. Yeah, I am Daddy Warbucks in that place. And I just walked out of there with a tax and tip and uh, 20 bucks, pal. But uh, I was sitting there. Only problem is, is the magazines. They got all the chick magazines in there. I have to read. 
I have to. I'm sitting there reading like uh, us in Espanol, figuring out what Ricky Martin's up to, and I'm getting my hair cut. And they've pumped in the Christmas music, and all the businesses around town have pumped in the Christmas music, and it's kind of a good vibe. Like it's corny, but you're hearing about snow and you know figgy pudding and Yule logs and kids excited and people dressing to the nines and. There's some more contemporary ones and there's some older ones and the older ones sound pretty dated, but they're all kind of cheery. They're about going on sleigh rides and, uh, you know, opening presents and uh, eating pie. And it just kind of, you know, it gets you it gets you in the mood. And so I was listening to, I don't know, White Christmas or whatever, whatever happy, whatever happy sort of uh you know feel good warm and fuzzy christmas song i was listening to and then it went right into that uh do they know it's christmas time that feed the world that uh that that live aid thing or whatever that was from uh 1984 and i started listening to it and i started to get bummed out well first i got bummed out because i realized the song's over 25 years old and nothing has changed in that region of the world so evidently the song didn't help, and nothing has helped. And all this mosquito nets, all the malaria cures, all the sacks of grain in the last 25-plus years have done nothing. I don't know if they're better off now than they were when Bob Geldof of the Boomtown Rats decided to come up with that song or not. But it just became—it was, it was just a sort of British jack session. And I started listening to it. And I thought, you know what? This is bumming me out. And I thought, why am I being bummed out when I'm getting my hair cut at the Mexican barber right in the middle of Christmas time? And the whole idea, a Christmas song is like a kid's song for adults. I never really thought about that concept, but really just think about that. Kids songs are like, you're so special, we're so happy, we're gonna party. It's like, yay, let's have a good time. And as an adult, you listen to these songs about, you know, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald or, you know, some bitch that got shot or some shit like that or some bitch that needed a backhanding or whatever it is and, you know, or some Vietnam War protest song and you start getting bummed out a little bit. But the only kids version of an adult song there is is Christmas songs. Hey, we're going on a sleigh ride. Hey, you're going to open presents. Everyone's going to be there. Old St. Nick, blah, blah, blah. It's like it's the only it's the only real good. I mean, other than gay songs, I guess gay songs are like kids songs for adults. Do you believe in life after love? Yeah, there are the gays. Okay, so there's gay songs. Why are gay songs so happy? <laughs> Their parents hate them. They're dying of AIDS. <laughs> but yet, those songs are happy, man. All that YMCA and everything. Gay songs are the happiest songs. I guess they don't sing about war that much. <laughs> hmm. You two should go gay. Pep it up a little bit. All right, anyway, the point is this. For straight adults, the Christmas songs, those, those are the best. And those are the kids' songs. And those are the happy, finger-popping songs. And then this thing comes on. And just just dig the lyrics to this as uh, we go through it. I think we got a little time. We'll play some of it for you. Just the for whom the bell tolls. Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. 
Turn it off right now if you don't want to get bummed out. Oh, wait. Now keep it going. Alright, feeling good. Flowing is the bitter sting of tears. Woo! Cut me another piece of pie. Feeling good. And again, like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just bummed out now. Now I feel bad because I got a trunk full of bullshit from China, from Toys R Us, that I'm going to give to my kids. I already have a house full of bullshit. But, uh, and all I'm saying about this song is I'm not saying it's a bad song and I'm not saying it wasn't a noble effort at its time. I'm saying pull it out of the hopper. It's, it shouldn't be in the Christmas time. I'm just saying like, uh, what if there was a, what if I wrote a song like, like, here's the thing. What if LA had a horrific earthquake and, and, Millions of people died and uh, the rest uh, were amputees. So I wrote a Christmas song called uh, Save the Amputees of L.A. and uh, Where Are We Going to Bury the Mexicans? Okay, that was my Christmas song. And I was everyone went, okay, that's good. Well, Well, let's get some money together to get prosthetic limbs for these people. I don't know what rhymes with prosthetic, but I would work that out. And I came up with a hit. But here's the thing. Should it be played next 25 years from now? Would you want to hear it in between Bing Crosby and uh, Ella Fitzgerald or whoever else is singing about their Christmas song? You know what I'm saying? Manhattan transfer. No, leave it in for that one time period, raise the money and then pull it the fuck out of the queue. Would you want to hear about amputees in L.A. 25 years from now? And should the world hear about this when they're sitting down for their suppers, trying to enjoy their honey-baked hams? They got to hear about all this dread and famine? Katie, don't go anywhere. We got to play the rest of the song. But by the way, make a note. If there is a horrific earthquake in L.A., you know what? Let's pre-shit. You know what we'll do? You know how newspapers uh, write obits for guys that uh, I guarantee every newspaper in the country has a Larry King obit that's already written. They just leave the date blank. Actually, the second part says 2000 and and they'll do it. But here's the point. When you get old, newspapers do this with guys that are old or sick or whatever. You know, presidents, ex-presidents, luminaries, dignitaries, celebrities. They have that obit already already canned. They just have to dial it in just a little bit at the very end. They just massage it. They'll run it the next day. Katie, let's work on a Christmas L.A. earthquake song. Inevitably, a big one's coming. And when it does, we cash in immediately and then all those ass wipes are going to have to hear about it for the next 30 years. All I'm saying is, 
when I'm sitting in the barber's chair at the Mexican hairdressers, do I need to hear this fucking bummer of a song? I'd rather hear Janice Ian's uh, at 17. It's more uplifting. Let's let's hear the rest. Okay, so the tears are the only wa- the only water that's flowing. But here we go. Bells of doom. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. This is the part I take huge umbrage with. This that fucking blowhard Bono, Bono. <laughs> Sonny Bono. That thing where he goes, Tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. No, no. Let, let me tell you when you thank God when someone else instead of you. Um, that's when shit comes down to a coin toss. See, what we got here, the reason, Bono, we got water and we don't have famine or ethnic cleansing or Spare tires being put around people and lit on fires because we got a little something called a society that we built. See, the thank God. Now, here's where you thank God. When uh, one of your friends gets uh, pancreatic cancer and they're a non-smoker and they're in their 30s and they go, wow, man, that's tough. That's when you thank God or somebody gets T-boned by a drunk driver. That's thank God it was them instead of you. There's lots of thank gods instead of you. You having no infrastructure. No government and no way to feed your people. That ain't a thank God, Bono. We got our own shit together over here. That nothing to do with God's got bunch got a bunch to do with a bunch of super hardworking people that are motivated, not corrupt. So it's got nothing to do with that. And so it's really, it's really like uh, like the difference between an A student and an F student is like, oh man, thank God you got lucky. You got an A on that test, and that guy's unlucky. He keeps getting F's on his tests, and then you're going off to Stanford, and then he's going off to junior college. He's so lucky. He's so... No, no. Not luck. Not luck, Bono. One guy studied. One guy didn't go out and party. One guy did his homework. One guy took the PSATs while the other guy was ripping a bong load. No, not luck, Bono. Not luck. And by the way... If it is like, thank God it's them, why does God keep smiting them? They're smitten. They're smited it. Hmm. Got to work that one out. The point is this. <laughs> They've been on a bad roll with God for a lot of years now. What do you think? Think he's got a beef with them? Think he hates those people? Hmm. Well, we'll just thank God, Bob. Thank God. Luck of the draw. Could, could just as easily be us. With our armies and our taxes and our roads and our governments and our skyscrapers and our dams and our laws. Hmm. Yeah, maybe we ought to get a little busy with the ethnic cleansing. All right, let's uh, let's keep listening. dropping that bomb like i know you guys are pretty bummed out right now about the famine and ethnic cleansing and all that stuff uh whew, i got worse news for you what is it uh 84 mm, you got something coming oh it ain't a head cold
Jesus Christ. And the last line we just cut off on was, where nothing ever grows. If nothing ever grows, it's it's time to think about uh, pulling up stakes. But anyway, let's keep listening. Part bumps me out. <laughs> How are we supposed to enjoy our excess and our eggnog? Hold on. Here's to you. Raise a glass to everyone. Here's to them underneath the burning sun. Again, it's all about the fucking Christmas is about forgetting about your problems, putting your differences aside getting a little uh, buttered up with uh, some rum and the eggnog and just calling it, you know, lighting that fire in the fireplace and just fucking hugging it out with the family. This thing bums the shit out of me. Uh, Last I checked, they're not making any money out of it, right? I mean, that's not like someone's driving in a car listening to this and goes, oh, man, I got to cut a check out to uh, Bob Geldof. So let's pull it. Let's pull it. Pull it from the ranks of Christmas songs. It's a fucking full-blown bummer. I I know it has Christmas mentioned in it, but if I mention I saw Mama uh, getting butt-fucked by Santa Claus, you wouldn't be, oh, well, sorry, legally it's it's got the word Santa in it, so it's got to go in. Not appropriate. It's a bummer. All right, let's hear the rest. People go, I, I've argued with people about it. They go, well, it's a good song. And you go, okay, well, let it be is a good song. So play it. Play it during the other months and don't play it around Christmas, ironically. Because I'm not saying it's a bad song and I'm not saying its intentions are bad. I'm saying it's bumming my shit out when I'm getting my hair cut. And by the way, that's uh, pretty ambitious. Feed the world? barely keep a belly full of top ramen in myself in my when I was in my 20s. Alright, pull it out. Pull it from the Christmas hopper, that's all. Thank you very much, Katie. You guys should uh, also know that I returned my Audi to uh, McKenna Audi, and I think BMW, and I took a good picture of my car with the dealer plate, the cardboard the cardboard dealer plate that said McKenna four goddamn years, no front license plates and no license plate. So I could drive through all, all the bad intersection cameras I wanted here in this chicken shit land known as uh, LA. So uh, fuck you to the man. I took a picture of that. We'll be uh, tossing that up on the website. Simply safe. The Simply Safe founders, Chad and Eleanor Lawrence, designed their first security system in their very own kitchen because their friends, well, their home was broken into and they couldn't find a good product to protect themselves. So, like any great American, Chad and Eleanor said, We're going to do it ourselves. They've been making people feel safe with Simply Safe since uh, the moment they started 15 years ago. A passion to protect people drives every engineering detail and customer 
interaction. Simply Safe has highly trained security experts ready whenever you need them during a fire, burglary, medical emergency, or just setting up the system. My listeners save 20% and get your first month free when you sign up for interactive monitoring service. Visit simplysafe.com slash Adam to customize your system and start protecting your home and your family. That's simplysafe.com slash Adam. And that's Adam breaking down. Do they know it's Christmas? Wow. That's that's why he's Adam Carolla, everybody. All right, this episode features Gina Grad kind of filling in for as news girl while we were we were on the search. Brian Bishop's there too. Frank Stallone's going to join him later in this episode from December of 2010. It's Gina Grad's second day filling in on her week. Unfortunately, there was a, 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 a football Sunday show, and then there was a no guest episode or a one on one episode where there was no Brian and Gina. So she only did three days. But again, it's very interesting to flash back in time over a decade ago with our current gang hosting the show and almost a what could have been had Gina been hired at that point, it carried on. Uh, it's all the different computations and different like ways the show could have worked out. And again, it's one of the least explored areas in the history of the show. Adam Curl Show 462, Part 1. Frank Stallone, Gina Grad, Brian Bishop playing Part 2 tomorrow. So make sure to keep listening, as you always do. Check it out. Who's guest today? Frank Stallone. Plus, Gina Grad is back for the news. Bald Brian's on sound effects. And they're both going to help Adam hand out some relationship advice. And now, he's down, but he's far from over. Adam Carolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Mandate. Get it on. Good day, Bald Brian. What is Madame Bionario Maine? Yeah. <laughs> the Osman's here barbecuing. Good days and good times. Hey, Gina Grad, how hey, are you, sweetie? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. All right. A uh, couple things to talk about before we roll into the news. Something uh, I was thinking about when I was talking, I was doing an interview with a guy earlier today on a sports talk radio show, and um, somehow the great uh, Dick Lane, Dick Night Train Lane came up, one of the great DBs. Great nickname, too. Great nickname, Night Train, you know? And also, I never really thought about it, but his name was Dick Lane, which sounds like the world's worst bowling alley or gay bar, like... Dick Lane, not a great name. A combination. Right. But yeah, worst bowling alley. Gay bowling alley. Uh, gay bowling alley I've ever been to. <laughs> hey, yeah. What do you do? I'm a pin setter over at Dick Lane. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Come on down. So here's the deal. But he, but his, his nickname was Night Train. And all of a sudden, he's the straightest dude on the planet because he's taking guys' heads off on the uh, gridiron. Um, and then I thought, you know, it's nice when you have kind of a crappy name and we give you a good, solid nickname. So you go from Dick Lane to Night Train Lane, and all of a sudden you're the coolest guy in the world. And I thought a lot of, a lot of good nicknames, you know, Iron Head, and just a lot, lots of good ones from the pro galloping ghosts and crazy legs and all that stuff. And one guy who never had a nickname, who really needed one, Dick Butkus. I mean, here, here's the most vicious inside linebacker in the game for nine years, and yet, no nickname, and his name is Dick Butkus. And if you're Dick Butkus, you're looking, you know, like if you're a tough guy in the joint, but your name is Herschel, you'd immediately get yourself a name like Killer. 
Dick Butkus could have had a million. He played for the Bears. He was a middle backer. He was a scary. You know, he could have easily had these sort of minister of defense or whatever, whatever it is. Now, Dick Butkus. Do you think that some mean kid gave him that name in fourth grade and it just stuck? His mean parents gave him that name. And I think it's a boy named Sue type of thing where that's why he turned into such a badass. But I'm just saying, you know. Jack Lambert was Jack Splat. I mean, all the guys on the uh, on all these famous defenses, the Steel Curtain, all that kind of stuff, they all had their big nicknames. The Refrigerator. Yeah, but not uh, Butkus. And like I said, he's a guy who could have used one badly. I'm thinking the opposite direction. It's not really helping your point, but like Lynn Swan in a nickname. But sometimes the name is so illustrative. Like uh, Dick Swan, Buckus. Yeah. yeah, so what? Swan's just Swanee. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, the Dick guys Buckus didn't need a nickname. He, if you made fun of his name, he'd beat your ass. Guys on the offensive you. side of the ball never had the nicknames, or didn't. I shouldn't say never had. They didn't have them. They had the galloping ghosts and crazy legs. You're right, but I'm trying to think. They. It, it seemed like the hard hitting defensive players are the guys they gave them. It's funny. It's like they don't give tennis players nicknames, but they give boxers nicknames. Mean Joe Green. Yeah, there's no there's no tennis player named the Sandman or the Assassin. <laughs> Although if I played doubles, all right, uh, that was one thing I was thinking about. The other thing I was thinking about, which is kind of weird, was um, I uh, I was watching TMZ tonight and they were showing Mel Gibson. And they were showing Mel and Mel's two-year-old mm. and... Lucia. Lucia, yeah, or Lucia. Okay, and at, at some party. It. And then I noticed they were they had fuzzed out all the faces of the other two-year-olds at the party. The kid was at a party. And I thought, oh, well, I guess you have to do that because they're minors. And then I thought, well, what about Mel's kid? Mel's kid's a minor. Mel's kid didn't star in a popular series in the 80s mel's kid's just a two-year-old yep. mel's kid's two-year-old but doesn't he have or she have the same rights afforded to other citizens like i know we do this thing and i i can't for the life of me understand it you're a you're a citizen we have rules yes you may be a celebrity first but i mean here's what i understand wesley snipes is going to jail tomorrow why? He didn't pay his taxes. Well, it's not like, hey, I'm a celebrity. I don't need to. No, you're a citizen of these United States, and then you're a celebrity. Nobody goes Nobody. Nobody goes to, hey, I'm going to waltz through security at the airport. Hey, listen, I don't go for this pat-down nonsense. I'd like to bring a crate of wine on board with me. No, you have to. You get the abide. same. You abide, right. When, when Paris Hilton gets pulled over and blows a .09, then she gets a DUI and gets arrested. I mean, you're you're citizen first. Sure. Why do we not have to Greek out the face of Mel Gibson's minor child, yet we have to Greek out the faces of all the other minors at the two-year-old's party? But is it possible that Mel the Guardian signed off on, yeah, no. sure, she's a no, they never. No, they never sign off on it. When, like, Alec Baldwin is bringing his kid home from the hospital and there's a bunch of paparazzi there, Alec doesn't go come say, take hey, a peek. come take a peek. <laughs> no, they just show the kid. The kid gets kissed into fame because his dad is famous, but I would argue that doesn't make you famous inherently. I mean, it makes you famous in the sense that we want to know about you, but you're still a minor, you should still be afforded all the rules that we have to protect minors, should you not? Well, and that's the thing. They, Julia Roberts went after that guy when she dropped her kid off at school and said, you don't have the right to take the pic- these pictures of these kids. So I, I think she's right. 
leave them alone. You know, they're just kids. They don't know what's going on. No, I agree. I'm just wondering in the eyes of the law, you're two things. You're minor because you're two and you're famous because you're Mel Gibson's daughter. Is it girl, right? Yes. What kind of haircut is that for a broad? It's a little Dorothy Hamill. No, I don't like it. The point is this. I got hammered. I would say you're a minor first because you don't even know that you're Mel Gibson. It's hard to say you're a celebrity if you don't know you're a celebrity. Right. And you did nothing to earn it other than come flying out of some chick's, you know, vagine. Sure. Yeah. So there's my point. You can see the picture I'm showing. You can see the kid sitting across from Mel Gibson's kid's face has been fogged out, but Mel's kid, not. And I would say that's an issue. Yeah. And wouldn't you say in a land, as I've said many times, a super litigious land where you can't do anything without getting someone's written permission, that this should fall under that heading? That's a minor. You shouldn't be able to show a minor on television. But don't you think Mel, in this case, has bigger fish to fry? He can't even worry about that right now. Oh, he's not. I'm worrying about it for him. I'm just saying I don't like the way this is going. I don't, I, I, you know, again, if these people, you want to make the argument where, okay, these people choose to be celebrities, so thus they have, they, they have to waive. No privacy. They have to waive the rights that you and I, or that you, <laughs> not I, <laughs> that you might enjoy. You have to waive that right. And I don't I disagree with that as well. I don't I don't understand it. There's this weird thing in our society. And I know everyone does that. They go, oh, well, they chose to be a celebrity. So they so they chose to. So well, so what? So you get to go through their garbage yeah, and harass them. You, yeah. you get to do things to them that you couldn't do to a citizen because they had a singing voice. I mean, Whitney Houston was essentially touched by God. Yeah. Um, now. She, we get to go through her garbage and no big whoop, or we get to jump in a van and have a star tour go by her home and point out to a bunch of assholes where she lives because or, she has this ability. Or get into a high-speed car chase and have right. them end up being dead. Right. Yeah. Would have been nice if it was Whitney Houston instead. You're right. Now, doesn't agree Lucia with you. look like a Spanky from The Little Rascals? She does. That's right. I'll be stalking her in a few <laughs> short years now that I know what she looks like. I just, I, I don't understand it. And I know it's one of those societal things. And uh, I was uh, listening to the radio, I think it was earlier today. And I just realized how people love to think and make things easy on themselves emotionally. Like I spoke to my accountant a couple, couple days back and I said, uh, how much money do I owe at the end of the year? And he said, uh, eh, you know, like, well, you sold the one house. Uh, so that's about 300 grand. And taxes, and then on top of that, you're probably going to owe about another four hundred grand, maybe five hundred grand. And I said, "Well, I got a few paydays coming in before the end of the year." So he goes, "Oh, all right. Well, I'll figure another fifty grand." So I was like, "So I'm going to be cutting a check for what seven fifty, eight, eight fifty, hundred thousand dollars to the fucking government that does nothing to me and for me." And he's like, "Yeah, figure about uh, about seven hundred grand." And he was also doing this thing where, by the way. That's not 700 grand out of the 7 million I have lying around. That's sort of, that's it. That's whatever I have. He's like, well, we can take the money from the house sale and that's what we'll use to pay off the 750 or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, awesome. I'll just cut a check. I won't cut. He'll cut the check. I'll sign the check. My hand will be shaking and I'll sign the check and that will be the money that I have. That'll be, no, you don't have to cry for me, but that's, I don't have 
ten million dollars lying around. I have seven hundred fifty thousand dollars lying around, and I'll be giving that to Uncle Sam. And then I turn on the fucking radio this morning, and I got to hear the whole fucking Brock t- tax cuts for the rich, and I hear every one of these asswipes like calling in, going, "Yeah, but you know these guys with their accountants and their loopholes and their specialty this and their Cayman Islands and their offshore accounts. They don't end up." Based on what? Where do you get this information, you ass wipes? I pay a shit fucking load in taxes. And even if you have the best, most creative accountants in the world, believe me, if you make a ton of money, you're going to pay in a ton of money. Maybe maybe you only pay 15 or 20%. But if you make $10 million a year, you're still paying $2 million a year. I mean, it's still a shitload of money. Maybe you do some creative, whatever. You still pay a shit load of money and eyes are spinning like well all i can think about right now is what you're going to pay in taxes this year is more money than me and probably 20 of my friends combined have ever seen right that's why you all owe me blowjobs <laughs> that's the way i look at that, it Brian? all and, of us and the, here's the thing so it's like when i gotta fucking sit around and think about cutting a check for 700 and whatever grand and then i gotta hear all these fucking blowhard dickweeds sit around and go hey these rich guys man, they got it Hey, it's fucking Maxine Waters, that crazy cunt, sitting around going, it's high time the rich pay their fair share. Shut the fuck up. The fuck do you know? And by the way, what do you mean? 1% pays for 40%. Their fair share? So fucking nuts. How come no one else talks about this? I, I think they're afraid to because then everyone, the average people will come after them. Fuck you, average people. Maxine Waters pandering to your retarded constituency. <laughs> Jesus drop. Christ. God damn. You're a real man of the people. Is. <laughs> of the hoi Fuck boy. the people. Jesus Christ. I'm tired of paying for all your asses. I don't do anything. And then I got to fucking the next word out of my fucking wife's mouth is we got to find a private school for the kids because the fucking LAPD is shot to hell. Nice. Nice job, Maxine. You mean LA LAUSD. USD. Oh, yeah. What'd I say? LAPD. LAPD. Oh, well, they're no <laughs> good thing. either. Yeah. LAUSD. <laughs> so yeah. It's fucking un- unusable. Unfucking so usable. No Birmingham for those kids? Or? Wrong district. Oh, okay. Like to, like to go there. Yeah. What are they, the Vikings? I got to figure that out. They are the Vikings. Uh, anyway, you want to do some news? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's be awesome check. <laughs> so I got to wipe my ass with that thing. I'm going to put SARS on it. From the International News Center, next to Donnie's Mini Bikes, this is the news with Gina Grad. So you might want to cut the sluts in your life a little slack because it might be uh, part of their DNA that they're whores. Ooh. Yeah, a new study finds this. A particular version of a dopamine receptor Hold on, gene. did you say TNA? <laughs> <laughs> A dopamine uh, receptor gene called DRD4 is linked to people's tendency toward both infidelity and uncommitted one-night stands. Mm. Redundant. The researchers uh, reported this on November. No, it's not redundant. One-night stands and uncommitted uh, infidelity. Uh, Well, one is cheating on someone and the other is just cheating on yourself. Cheating on God. Wow. No, I mean, no, you're right. You can be single. You're absolutely right. Go on right. and have stringing one-nighters. I stand, I stand mm-hmm. corrected. And yes. yes, you do. The same gene has already been linked to alcoholism and gambling addiction, as well as mm. less destructive thrills like love of horror movies. One Hold study- on, mental note. <laughs> Get a note from Dr. Drew. Hey, see it, baby? It's all there in black and white. What are you going to do? It's just hard science. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
One study linked the gene to an openness to new social situations, which in turn correlated with political liberalism. What do you, uh, what do you think Charlie Sheen would, uh, how do you think he'd work out on the, uh, if we did a little swab on the inside of his cheek? A little DNA swab? Mm-hmm. I think he's the poster child for this, for DRD4. Mm-hmm. So Gambling this is this and- essentially just the alcoholic gene. It's kind of the thrill-seeking alcoholic gene. Sure. Okay. And and also makes you a very progressive politically, apparently. Interesting. And you like to see movies like The Orphan and The Shining. Mm-hmm. Horror movies. So it means you're you you lean toward the left. Yes. And and you like the party. Yeah. That's interesting. So it's like at night you'll be plowing through some whores and by day you'll be chaining yourself to a bulldozer. Yes. Interesting. And and betting on uh, how long you'll be chained to the tree. So I wonder if historically more politicians or Democrats have the affairs and do this stuff than right-wingers mm. do. Now, there's a part where you go so far right-wing where you start getting into Jesus Christ and then you turn gay because <laughs> you rail too much <laughs> against men laying down with other men. Then they find you in the backseat of that Prius with the yeah. male escort. Or in the uh, stall of a bathroom in Minneapolis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That wide stance. <laughs> I just love that. I have a prodigious scrotum, and I need a very wide base to hold it up when I'm going number two. Pardon the expression, but it takes balls to use that excuse. Yeah. Here's my real question for the uh, Minneapolis PD, if that's in fact where this happened. What the fuck are you assholes doing? (laughs) Is this what we want you doing, hanging out in the men's bathroom? Yeah. At the airport? Patrolling. I got a plan. How about you dicks hit the street and try taking down some criminals instead of fucking cruising a bathroom at the fucking international airport? I don't give a fuck about that. You know what I mean? When did cops decide to just do whatever the fuck they wanted to do? Like, I, I've said it once. I've said it again. There are posse. There there are security detail. We don't want to get car. Like, here's the deal. As a taxpayer, I would like to not get carjacked and I would like to not get held up at an ATM. But as far as gays... At cruising the stalls at the airport, don't give a fuck. <laughs> Do you give a fuck about that? No. So what the fuck are you doing there? We encourage it, I think. There might not be any crime in Minnesota. It may not but maybe they're out of shit, yeah. yeah. All right. CIS or CSI, Minnesota St. Paul. Uh, I'm just Very saying, once in a while when they put the cops into the men's room at the park, you know, and they just have them proposition guys and stuff, it's like, who the fuck cares? Let the gay guys go cruise the park and fuck in the bathroom. Thank you. That's 10 minutes a gangbanger won't be graffitiing something. Really, that's all it is. Yeah. Gangbanger walks in, sees two guys cornhole and says, you know what? I'm going to give it a break. I'll come back after lunch. Well, I don't know if you guys preventative, saw this. Uh, preventative uh, maintenance, I think they call it. I don't know if you guys saw. Did you guys see the Chargers Raiders game? Yeah, I saw some of it. That mm-hmm. that that match, whatever you call it. Um, afterwards, fans of San Diego Chargers and Oakland Raiders fought in the parking lot. I don't know if you guys saw this. That's not the Oakland Raider fans. <laughs> I know. Some people serve a funny way of celebrating Hanukkah. Yeah, outside <laughs> Qualcomm Stadium on Sunday. A video posted online shows a group of Raiders fans arguing with Chargers fans who appear to be trying to get in their van and leave. Chargers fans are quietly horrible fans as well, too. Quietly, but uh, almost as bad as Raiders fans. Dude. Oh, yeah. Well, Chargers fans look like they're all dressed like L.L. Bean models. Well, to be fair, Dawson thought they were on a bye week this week. So I did, I did. Game. <laughs> but we actually... Number two. <laughs> we have some uh, audio and, and for us video of the fight that went down and some really great commentary from the guy with the flip cam. Mm-hmm. Hey, 
Yeah, but I knew I'd catch it. I knew I'd get at least Ooh. one. Oh, yeah. Kicked him in the head. Fans oh, got yeah. in the head. He deserved it. He deserved it. He deserved it. He got right, kicked right in the fucking head. Oh, they're still going. Oh, they're still going. Yeah. They're so drunk. Like they can't that. fight. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> That's some ground Damn. and pound going that on. It hurts. Ooh. Ooh. Shouldn't talk shit. Shouldn't talk shit. Wow. Shouldn't talk shit. Shouldn't talk shit. Wow. Shouldn't talk shit. Don't, they shouldn't wear the Raiders shirt. Shit. Ooh. Ouch. 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 Oh, he got <laughs> I like that. He don't even know where he's at anymore. He don't even know where he's at. <laughs> I, I, I see Raider fans getting beat up. I see, I see another Raider fans. Listen, you guys get your cars and run over some retarded kids. Let's go. Let's get out of here. He don't even know what the fuck happened. Break it down now. Let's get a hand in. Yeah. They were trying to fucking back. They were trying to get away, too. The thing I preached about the video is the guys wearing the Raiders jerseys and the Chargers jerseys are easily identifiable who's on what team, who should be kicking whose ass. Yeah. The guy wearing, like, the polo shirt? Chargers. Who, who, who's, to, who's to say? Chargers. Yeah. Oh, really? It'd That's be, what I've noticed, that uh, but, they're not exactly thugged out. But here's the, the thing. Stadium. Yeah, you got the Jets and the Sharks. You have the shirts and the skins. And then you got the one guy showing up in a wife beater. <laughs> you don't know who he's going to punch. Smart. That's why I always wear a Dolphins jersey. Always. Always. Weddings, funerals, bar mitzvahs, Dolphins jersey, except for at a Dolphins game. Wow. You understand? Keeps everyone off guard. Never know what team. Begs the question, what player? Just the, 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 the great one. Zonka? No. Mercury Morris? Jim Kick. Jim Kick. Come on. Well, I don't know if you guys knew this, but do you know that at the Qualcomm Stadium... I will tell you, the prom is uh, walking around the jersey with the throwback, even with the word kick on the back. Yeah. A lot of people just put the back of their boot right into the <laughs> spine. The bully just put a sign on the back that says me. Yeah, yeah that's right. I get a little post that says me. I saved him the kick. They, uh, they don't sell alcohol after mm. halftime if the Raiders are in town. Yeah, my wife said I should go with Jake Scott, but I told her she didn't know what she was talking about. I backhanded her. Mm. She yeah. kept, kept her head that direction, which meant she knew I was right. You wear a greasy jersey. You're asking for trouble. That's right. Greasy <laughs> kicks. Uh, have you taken the little ones to Disneyland yet? My balls? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. The, the of little, course. They're always yeah. attached to me. Yeah. The, the children? Oh, the kids. Yeah. Yeah, we took the kids to uh, Disneyland. I was just laughing about this with uh, Donnie the other day because, uh, as I've uh, famously said uh, somewhere in my book, by the way, thank you for buying that, everybody. Um, I, 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 and I, I told everyone else this, but I don't think I've told you, you this, Gina. I had literally, my eyeballs were still warm from watching uh, the Oprah where Mackenzie Phillips was talking about having consensual consensual adult sex with her dad, which is, you know, you think, you know, you you think being raped, you know, when you're five is is weird (laughs) or, you know, on the yucko meters, you know, pegging it pretty good. That's red line on the yucko meter. Having the consensual adult sex with your dad, like, I don't know what gets weirder. Yeah. Like, if I'm sitting around with that Argentinian team who had to eat their teammates on top of that hill, the cannibals, and then the chick who had consensual sex with her, it's no question who, what group I'd rather, I'd rather hang out with this group. I'd already live on that fucking hill and eat everybody in the league before this. So it's literally a few weeks 
after after that. I mean, I'm still talking. People are still buzzing about it. We're talking yeah. about it. Maybe it's a couple months later, but it's people are talking it's about fresh. the Oprah. It's fresh. Oprah. And I'm sitting there at, at California Adventure, and I got my daughter on my lap, literally sitting on my lap, and I hear. All the leaves are all the leaves are brown, and the sky is gray, and the sky is gray. And I'm like saying, you couldn't pull this one out of the rotation. Didn't nobody, nobody here, not a employee at this establishment in charge of pulling yep. the songs where the guys had the consensual sex with their daughters. No, nobody. Not the happiest what's place it, on earth. What's it going to take to get you out of the queue? Uh, what's it going to take to get you out of the jukebox over over California Adventure? And I was just fucking sitting there, just and of course my wife's like, "What?" And I'm like, "What? What are we doing?" And they're like, "What? Now why do you what what?" And then you know, it's just uh, I, I was per- I was perpetually uh, confused and distracted. Well, I was, literally, this is what I was listening. to. Then let me ask you this: Would you rather be sitting there with the, your daughter on your lap hearing this or hearing Elvira? Well, you're right. Even the even the thought of having intercourse with my oh, daughter is not as bad as hearing Elvira once again. That's yes, it's a good point. That's a horrible, horrific, horrible song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, some other scary things are going on at Disneyland. Um, if you look carefully around the park, you may just discover a few hidden things that give Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom a little bit of a wacky edge. Mm. One reporter just told AOL News that one of his weirdest discoveries while researching Disneyland was finding out how many actual graveyards are scattered throughout the park. Like mm. real dead, dead people. Mm. The reporter said there are six or seven graveyards at Disneyland that can be easily seen if you take the time to look around. Well, you go to that haunted mansion. They're all four, over the place. F- four real ones are at the haunted mansion. Real ones? Yes, including a pet cemetery. One is in Storybook Land at the canal boat ride during the Alice in Wonderland part. Well, you're saying these are real yeah. grave sites? Yeah. That's what the guy said. He said there's also a graveyard on Tom Sawyer's Island. Dead people. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> Are these people who've requested to be buried at Disneyland? Uh, I, I I think they were once a part of the, the Disney franchise. You know, people who helped build the park. Oh. That was their request. What are you going to do? Well, you die on Tom Sawyer's Island. Like, you let's say you're a maintenance Sawyer's guy Island. and it's a weekend and the raft ain't working. And, you know, what are you going to do? Wait a second. Is that a problem? But, I mean... So you bury somebody in a cemetery that's supposed to look like a sort of fake or mock cemetery. It's sort of diabolical. It's like it's like it's like taking it's like you know you want you know when the the best place like if you stole a chest of gold, the best place to hide it would be in the chest of gold at the Pirates of the Caribbean. Absolutely, because no one was like, oh look at that fake gold hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All so right. have fun with that when you take the kids. I'll be thinking of that after I'm thinking about Papa John Phil's banging his daughter. <laughs> yeah. Those will be the two funny. things running through my head when I'm going uh, through a Never Never Life. The warning. But Monday evening, I'd be banging Mackenzie. Keep rolling. I'm singing. Every other chick, every other chick, every other chick, every other chick ain't my blood. Yeah. And when I get horny, I don't want to open the phone book. I just want to go down that goddamn hall and mount my blood. Monday, Monday. So good to me. 
think her name's Monday. Been banging my daughter since she learned how to pee. Yeah, this is what I had to think about. Oh. My daughter was like, uh, hey, can I have one of those frozen bananas? No! <laughs> Absolutely not! Can I have a bite of yours? No goddamn way! Put that down. We're going home. We're going to Knott's Berry Farm. Mm-hmm. Every day, every day. Every other day, every other day. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Papa John. Yeah. Yeah. I'll mash it up. <laughs> Isaac, you wouldn't have sex with a family member, would you? No. No. That's right. It's what whores are for. <laughs> sometimes. That's right. Sometimes. All right. Sometimes they're just company. Mm-hmm. We got some phone calls to take. We got some more news. Why don't we wrap up the news for now? Sure. Coming <laughs> up. The great Frank Stallone is here. He's waiting to uh, come on in, and we'll have him any second. You see a phone call you like there? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What Ooh. to do? This is an interesting. This is this is this is interesting. Try this guy for a second. Hey, Kevin. Yeah. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? Is this Adam? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, I had a couple questions for you. I thought it was all about relationships, but you keep yeah. flipping the script on me. Oh, I was just singing about a relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that was awesome. <laughs> Thanks, baby. What's going on? Well, I just I've been asking all kinds of motherfuckers about like um what you what do you do with your like old hey, school, uh, like you hey, know, Kevin, please please school, watch your language, please. This is a G-rated show that you were like you know, fucking and doing and yeah. stuff or whatever, whatever you were you doing. You know what? All right, I know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase uh, Kevin from Bakersfield. Shocking, shocking. He's gone from Bakersfield. All right, <laughs> what do you do with the pictures of the exes? I just ran into this because I sold a house of mine and I cleaned out my attic and I had a bunch of old boxes and old pictures and old cards and old stuff and it's the kind of thing where somebody makes you a Valentine's Day card and they print it up themselves and they stick on stuff and you don't take it out and beat off to it, but you chuck it in a box and it, you end up keeping it. And then you get married and you have kids and whatever. And you, you one, one of these days you go through the thing and you start taking everything apart and you start finding this stuff. And it's not like graphic or anything, but it's just it's another relationship. It's the ultimate spank bank. Yeah. I'll tell you what I did. I stared at it for a while and then I threw it all out. You did? You threw it away? You know why? Because there's this point in your life. There's a, there's a sort of thing. And I, I would I, I would argue that this part of your life shouldn't be any different than your closet, which is you'll have that shirt. You'll realize you haven't worn it in a year. You ain't going to wear it this coming year. And it's a nice shirt and there's nothing wrong with it, but you ain't wearing it. And space is tight. And then even more so, what am I going to do with this card from my old girlfriend, Cynthia, who gave it to me in 1994? Give it to my kids? Hey, Bequeath here's somebody it. daddy used to bang that's not mommy. Like, what do you do with this thing? Yeah, they don't want it. It doesn't mean... Here's the point. Let me ask you this. When it comes time to almost anything, any any decision in life, you have to sort of look at it and go, what is the upside versus potential downside? 
Like, what, what, what good could come of this? And there's that thing where it's like, yeah, you want those memories, but you have those memories. You don't need to look at a piece of construction paper with a heart cut out on it to know what those memories are. But what if it's not a card? What if it's a picture? Threw it away. Threw them away. Wow. I had, I had a couple of boxes that just had, you know, like I said, it's just the stuff you collect, just the pictures of you and them. And the, the thing is, is if... I think you have to make a distinction because if it's like it's you in high school and your arms around them and, you know, it's grad night, well, then that's a part of your life. Right. But if it's just a picture of them, essentially a headshot or a shot of them in a cheerleading outfit or something, it's like, here is their picture. Again, not you and them at Thanksgiving with now your grandmother who's deceased. That's a piece of your memory that someone else happens to be involved with. But... When it's just them, and and like I said, I went through the box, I pulled out a couple of, uh, like, you know, cards and old, you know, you know, the kind of stuff you wouldn't throw away, but you don't know what to do with it. And I just got it all together, and I I sort of sat around and stared at it for, I didn't stare at it, but I I just sort of had it for a while. I just set it in limbo in a pile for a while, and then at a certain point I went, I'm not going back. I'm not going to frame it. Yeah. I'm not going to give it to my kids. I'm not going to go back and look at it once a year and think about it. It's done. I'm moving on. And I chucked it. Now, were you asked to do this by your wife? I beat off and I... Huh? (laughs) I put a hole in it and I... Yeah. No. She didn't know anything about it. Okay. She didn't care. I don't think that a partner should ask you to get rid of that stuff. I think that they should respect that you... That this is part of your life, like you said. These people were part of my life. These people were as, you know, in some ways as important to me as you are. And I shouldn't have to get rid of these memories of them. Is that selfish? Let me explain. So how did that discussion go? It, I'm single. Sweetie, this is... These chicks I used to have sex with, they're as important <laughs> to me as you are. In some ways, more. And even more because <laughs> when said. I close my eyes, yeah... And what else should I say? Uh, if now, you respect me, you'll respect my right to keep Some of them memories. don't live in the country anymore, but they're every bit as important as you are. And again, as Brian said, maybe more. Oh, as Gina said. Yeah, as Gina <laughs> said. So I'll need you to construct a shrine <laughs> to them. And please kindle some candles as some well. Some fruit slices. Some, offer up some fruit. Yeah. Pennies. Yeah. No, I. she didn't know about it. I mean, now she'll listen to this, but it's not a crime. I mean, I I don't think I'll get credit for it, but I mean, I just, I weighed it. I said, what good could come from this? Answer, nothing. Right. And what bad could come from it? Potential something. And then I thought, "Eh, turn the page. Moving on. Not, not. Well, what's the big deal? I'm never going to see the person again. Totally. But I, I think I just have a, a, a thing, a superstitious thing about throwing away snapshots, photos. It, it is. It, it doesn't feel great. And you do have this thing. But then you get to a certain point where the last 10 articles that were written about me, I didn't read them. And the last time I did the Tonight Show, I didn't watch it. You know, I'm, I'm in this mode where I don't, I'm done with me <laughs> and people that had anything to do with me. Thank you. It's good to have an event, too, that sort of precipitates you throwing it all away. You know what I mean? Like moving or selling a house or whatever. You know what Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying everyone needs to go up in their attic with a flashlight in their mouth on a mission. I'm just saying 
when you do something like move, uh, it's a sort of, again, it's a turning of the page. It's like, all right, now I'm going to sift through the stuff. and Shedding of the skin. Yeah, and some of the stuff was a bunch of old stuff from Loveline and stuff like that. And I just put it in a box that said Loveline memorabilia and old pictures of me and Drew and stuff like that. And that, that I didn't, that well, that, that'll be when I have to cut another check to the government. <laughs> but that one, but the old, you know, the old, the old Valentine's Day cards and the old pictures. They're out the door. Well, again, what do I do? Just take a box and say like old X's now, and put it somewhere? Did you do anything symbolic? Did you put them in a bin and say a prayer yeah, and light some sage and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, say a few words? Yeah, I had, a, <laughs> I, uh, I had uh, James Von Prague come over and do a clearing for me after he was done clearing some guy's cock. He came over and then cleared my house with a little sage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not saying he's gay. I'm just saying if Larry Zonka was gay, that's what he would look like. Not saying James is gay. I'm saying if Larry Zonka, speaking of, oh, that's what I got to get on the back of my, well, we've come full circle. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies. At Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Doesn't it look like line one is a problem that probably a lot of 22-year-olds have? Has dentures and wants to know when he should let his girlfriend know? That's a methodic move, right? Jeez. That's a a broad question, right? All right. Let's try that. Universal. (laughs) Hey, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing, A-Fan? Denture. So, uh, play hockey? No. (laughs) I wish. But, uh, no, I was was born with a jack disorder that... uh, What disorder? A genetic disorder. Oh, boy. You said it like jack disorder. No. Um, Yeah. Well, I didn't have any enamel on my teeth, so my teeth are like really soft and brittle. Mm. Don't so you feel bad, you know, for making I that do. joke? I do. I'm sorry. Wow. So when I was 14, I got dentures put in. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, you know, I'm in, I'm just getting out of college. I've been dating girls throughout college, and mm-hmm. only none of them for like more than a couple months. But uh, when do I when do I tell them that I have dentures if I have a girl like I really like? When they find the polydent. Yeah. When, they, yeah. when one of them gets lost in their vagine. Uh, that hasn't happened yet, but uh, when you have to say you know, little like, help every, every after a nice oral session, yeah. a little help. Uh, I feel like this could be a plus in that department. Hmm? In the, Come in on, the department. If he's gay, it would be. Ooh. But I think if he's straight, it doesn't really matter. Ooh. Ryan, are you gay? Oh no, I'm totally straight. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Um, I say you can say it whenever you feel like it, and. I don't know that I, 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 I mean, like there's certain things like, you know, like it's like when Brian goes out on a date, he has to talk about his herpes because that. <laughs> full disclosure. It's an ethical thing. Yeah. This is a personal thing in, in a way. Do you well, know what I mean? But if you were dating a college kid, wouldn't you be freaked out if you were eating and all of a sudden his teeth started chattering across the table? Yeah. That'd be, that would be I think that's more of novelty. I, I, I think. I don't I think, think they're wind-up teeth, Gina. I, I would tell you... Wait, we're I'll, not talking about Beetlejuice? I'll tell you what. Make sure... I would wait until you thought something was serious and then do it. I wouldn't do it before it got to what I would call a more serious 
face. Yeah, she's not going to catch soft teeth or, you right, know, or, or brittle right, enamel. So, right. yeah, keep it to yourself until you uh, until you have to tell her. Right. If I, I had agree. balls, he would lead with that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, nice to meet you. Guess what? Pow. Put your hand out, baby, and close your eyes. Hey, Spencer. Hey, Adam. Get it on. Get it on, Spencer. Um, ever since my senior year, which is basically when I started dating of high school, um, I've dated girls that I find out during the relationship that they've previously been sexually abused. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's something that that I see in them subconsciously or or if it's just by chance that there's that many girls out there that have been sexually abused that I date them. I wanted your your take on it. There's it's a combination of two things. We've we've broadened our definition of abused, you know. Mm. Uh I mean it used to be you really had to be Mackenzie sort of Phillips. Mackenzie Phillips and now, you know, somebody blows you the wrong way in the wrong direction, a little wind blows, and uh, you were raped. So there is an element of a broadening of the definition. We're far too liberal with throwing around the term rape for children. <laughs> oh yeah, God. that's right. I remember when rape was rape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good old days. Uphill both ways. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, uh, but also, there's a dynamic that you sort of possess where you're attracted to that person, just like a woman whose dad may have been an alcoholic, being attracted to alcoholics. So you have a part in it, and then there's also a societal part of it. Either way, it's the hottest sex you'll ever have. <laughs> Met with long periods of frigi- frigidity, if that's a word. Thank you. So, uh, Spencer. Yeah. Um, you're 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, have all the fun you want. All right. Don't get anyone pregnant. Haven't done that yet. And here's the real deal. You can date all the, you know, damaged goods you want. I don't say that in a real pejorative way. I say that in a way of if you have been abused sexually, seriously abused, and you've not dealt with it or you're not dealing with it, it's going to be hard in a relationship. And especially when you're dealing with 18, 19, and 20-year-old women who you're dating. So don't get anyone pregnant. Don't marry anyone. Have as much fun as you want. And then when it comes time to marry someone, make sure... And here, here's the criteria you need to really think about because it's something I really thought about when I got married. Everybody should think of it this way. You're not going to be my wife. You're going to be the mother to my kids. That's the yardstick you need to measure because you're going to be my wife. That's a different measuring stick. We're going to party. We're going to have a good time. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But you are going to be raising my kids, the, and I don't want yeah. some nut job stripper doing that. The live-in nanny. <clears throat> well, that's what I said. I, I had, <laughs> I, I busted up my nanny tonight because um, uh, I picked up my daughter, and we were having a little dance party before before the podcast. We had a little dance party at my house, and I I turned up turned up the tunes. I had a little dance party, and I picked up my daughter, and my daughter's. Yeah. My daughter's my daughter's mean. She 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 really is. And uh yeah, she's she's no, actually we did we did uh did California Dream. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um but she my 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 daughter's mean. Like she's tough. She's tough. She's mean. And I picked her up and I was dancing with her. And she's like, no, daddy, put me down. And I said, ah, come on, we're down. And she gave me the nails. Oh. She dug her nails into my back and dragged them. I mean, scratched them. I mean, like bear claws. Just wow. Yeah. Sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Hot. 
And she dragged him and she was, wasn't was fucking around. And I set her down. I was like, hey, Natalia, you don't do that. You know, you don't do that to daddy. And then I turned to Olga and I said, uh, you're doing a horrible job of raising these kids. No, uh, well, maybe she said no if, bonus this year for Christmas. If a man is ever doing something and you say no and they say, ah, come on, you scratch them as hard as you can. Well, I hope she's that tough on her boyfriends. I really do. Sarah? Yes. Sarah Cohn from Philly. Hey, Adam. How are you? Good, Sarah. You recently broke up with your boyfriend, but you still planned a trip to Paris? Yeah. Um, it was unexpected. It happened last Tuesday. He just from work and said he didn't want to be in the relationship anymore oh. and packed his stuff and moved out. Mm. And um, it's been really rough. I'm like trying to adjust and figure out what to do with myself, but we had planned to Four months now and been studying French and he we can't get the tickets changed around I already tried so he was like let's go together still and I don't know if this is going to be damaging for me well you just got to pretend like you're asleep while he's banging Parisian whores um <laughs> <clears throat> well Sarah this I mean you still have strong feelings for him well I'm absolutely in love with him still. Oh. Oh. Uh, uh, when is the yeah. trip? When is the trip? Uh, it is the 23rd of... 23rd of uh, December? Yeah. It's coming up. Are you attractive? I think you're beautiful. You're beautiful? I'll buy this yeah. guy's ticket out. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll go on that Paris trip with you. Lead the way, chubby. <laughs> May I no. make a prediction? And it's going to be some tough, honest love uh, for... Sarah. Um, she a great big fat person. That's not what I was going to ask at all. I, I assume just from the scenario, he came home out of the blue, moved out, said I don't want to be here anymore. He's met somebody else. He's falling in love. And he, he feels so guilty that he's like, oh, the least I can do is still go on this trip with her. So I say F him. Don't do it. Sa- um, yeah. Well, Sarah, thing, um, Sarah. Even though it, what's, what's weird is, is that contacted me every day since and has you know like we we haven't I, i'm not gonna do anything with him physically because i'm just sick to my stomach right now but yeah. like that'll pass wait do you guys are in the shadow of the eiffel tower and you got a couple bo- <laughs> bottles of pinot in you um, I, I just I and just when i say in you i mean in you <laughs> and an accordion thanks brian i feel like maybe a miracle can happen in yeah Paris and, uh, he's gonna go pepe you know. le on your ass <laughs> but no listen sarah let me explain why this is going to be just hell on wheels for you. Just please listen to me and trust me, all right? Okay. First off, let's just say you pulled the plug on the whole thing tomorrow. How many dollars do you think it would really set you back? Like, what would you lose? Um, I'm going to go either way. Um, he, Good girl. I, I don't, I don't, like, if he doesn't want to go, I'm still going. So, All right, Sarah, um, here, here's, here's what you need to do. Uh, please, please listen to me, and, and if he wants to call, and you want to call, and we want to do this on a separate day or something like that, I'll be glad to mediate. You cannot go out of the country with a man that you're deeply in love with when you have these open gaping wounds and expect just to sort of shut off all your feelings and enjoy the scenery. It is not going to work. You're going to be miserable and you'll be miserable in one of two scenarios. Either you guys will have a romantic number of evenings and come back and then come back to Philly and be right back where you were and be devastated again, this time with your hooks 
sunken in even deeper and even more invested and more devastated. Or you're just going to have the most awkward, horrible time ever. And then, believe me, at some point, there will be some booze and there will be some sex. And then there'll be a whole renewed attachment thing. And then they'll be back to weirdness the following day. Sarah, this is not going to work at all. This guy blindsided you. He came home, he packed his stuff up, and he said, uh, I'm out of here. Um, I agree with Gina. There's a very good chance he's met somebody else because, sadly, that's the way it goes when somebody abruptly says, I'm out of here. And if this guy had half a shred of dignity, he would give the plane ticket and the hotel and everything else to your best friend and say, you go and heal. I'm going to stay here and fuck a waitress. I mean... I'm going to stay here and do some soul searching. The point is, if this guy's a shred of dignity, and you should say to him, look, you and I going is impossible. I'm in love with you, and this will be torture for me. And you must, I don't care how dumb you are, you have to understand that. You insisting on going and not wanting to part with your $2,700 or whatever it is after dumping me is one of the most selfish moves on the planet. And I wouldn't be fucking surprised we got hit by lightning at some point when we're in the just after we get through the channel. So, if you really... I want to go. I need to heal. I need to get my shit together. And I need to forget about you. And I want to do it with one of my friends. So, please give her shit over. If it means giving him $500 or something to sort of soften the blow a little bit, so be it. But it's not going to work with the two of you. Sarah? Yeah, what, I'm here. What do you think of that? I, I, I feel like you are making perfect sense. I Believe uh, me, I am. And uh, I, I just, I need to hear that from somebody. And, and listen, Sarah, Sarah, there's going to be a little part in your head that thinks if he goes and we go, we're going to rekindle this thing. You're not going to rekindle it. You'll have sex. You'll feel like you've rekindled it. You'll cry together. You're just going to bust it. You're just going to pull the scab right off the top of that wound. Don't do it. Yeah, best friend. It. Best friend. And then somewhere in Hungary, you guys les out. <laughs> Thanks, baby. All right. Deal. Thank you so much. Or possibly Prague. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's take a little break. We'll do that, and we'll bring in uh, the great... uh, Well, I'm not going to tell you which Stallone brother we're bringing in. The great one. (laughs) Frank Stallone, next. J.B. Weld, don't you know? J.B. Weld, world's strongest bond. Pros have trusted it for 50 years, but uh, I don't know. You may not be a pro, but you can look like one with J.B. Weld. Do it yourself. We're proud to have J.B. Weld Epoxy Adhesive as a sponsor. I personally know the owner. This is a great outfit. Hung out with these guys in their SEMA booth a couple of years back. Used their products all the time. DIY projects, auto, crafts, plumbing, marine, and more. You can use them on metal, wood, plastics, glass, ceramics. Keep in your kitchen drawer, wherever you keep your uh, craft supplies in the garage. I use it to fix Sonny's tennis shoes. Stromer uses it to fix his wet saw. I use it on some stonework in front of my house. They have a product that'll fix anything. And they acquired Herculiner, the ultimate DIY truck bed liner. So let's get to fixing with J.B. Weld, right, Dawson? J.B. Weld is available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advance Auto Parts, Napa, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And remember, J.B. Weld epoxy products are proudly made in the USA. J.B. Weld, world's strongest bond. And that's Gina Grad and Brian Bishop back in December of 2010. 
let's kick this one off with a clip from October of 2011. Adam Carolla Show 669 featuring Ricky Lindholm, Allison Rose, and Brian Bishop. One half of Garfunkel and Oates, a super talented actor in her own right. Been in a ton of stuff. The Last House on the Left remake. She was insane in that movie. She's done a ton of other projects. Adam really liked her and uh, thought she reminded him of somebody. And goes on about it for quite a while when she joins the show in part two. Part one's before she joins them. I remember hearing this episode live with an ex sitting in a field in the middle of Wisconsin. It's a very funny episode. Hope you guys enjoy this part one, part two tomorrow. Adam's guest tonight, Ricky Lindholm, plus Allison Rosen and Paul Bryan help Adam deal with your relationship problems. And now, the Cisco kid was a friend of his, Adam Carolla. Yeah, get it on. <laughs> Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Mandate, get it on. Good day, Paul Bryan. I'm dumb, but I got a ton of pride. Yeah. Good day, Allison Rosen. Once again, I have really bad cramps. Oh, really? It was just 28 days ago. If you're spotting, tell me I'll toss down some litter. You can only <laughs> flip. You can only flip a cushion once. That's what my grandpa always said. Is it the said. clumping kind? Mm-hmm. Don't worry. You just tell me. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, sitting at a... Here's what... I'll, I'll tell you what I, what I, what I do. I, I don't know why the de facto music for everything has become 80s music, bad 80s music. It's pumped in through the Burbank Airport. When you go out to diners and things, you just sit around and you start listening to Soft Cell in the background. Mm-hmm. It's become... It used to be, I don't know, classic rock or light classic rock. Like, you used to hear a lot of America... You know, went to the desert on a... But now it's all this fucking bad 80s shit. And uh, actually, this was a 70s song. But what I do is uh, Lynch and I are working on the book, and we go to lunch, and uh, I just sit there, and I can't fixate on the conversation because I have my hypervigilance, and I have to hear the song that's pumped in. And I heard um, Cisco Kid by War, and then I realized, I said to him, and this is how I know I'm right with this fucking music. I said to Mike Lynch, I said, this song sucks, doesn't it? And he went, yeah. He said, yeah, this song does suck. And then and then I thought, you know, why can't we be friends sucks even worse than this? And then I realized, and Lowrider's completely fucked out. And I, real, I realized war gets a pass because it's Eric Burden and it's a sort of eclectic Chicano, black. No one's going to mess with that group. Like, right. no one goes, hey, those guys suck because there's three white guys and three Latin guys and two black guys. They're but too th- diffuse, a target. They, right. They suck. And uh, the Cisco Kids song and Why Can't We Be Friends. They just suck. And then I remember them going, hey, man, we just jam and we just make up the shit as we go along. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Someone ought to get you fucks a steno pad so you could write some <laughs> fucking lyrics. Because if you listen to, like, why can't we be friends, it never ends. Right. And there's, like, he should be working for the CIA. Or next thing you know, he's working for the Mafia. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, yeah, you guys didn't write anything down, did you? <laughs> you tell me this sounds like a hit to you. We just jammed. Yeah, I know. Do that in your fucking garage right. and shut the door. <laughs> Don't record it next time. <laughs> Here, let me explain how a jam works. It's like fucking. You don't need to film yourself every time. It's almost a hit. I 
remembered you when you drank my wine. Better hurry and get back to the hook. <laughs> yeah, let's hurry and get back to the super boring hook. I remembered you when you drank my wine. Oh, it gets I better. Don't, I don't even understand. Better. Why? It's this kind of Why thing. Why couldn't you look around? It's like when you tell kids, like, now your turn. And they go, I yeah. got a new dinosaur. And huh, huh, that's what huh, 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 for. <laughs> you know. Oh. I swear to God, this song's a top ten hit. War socks. Yeah. No one ever says anything. Everyone's just like, oh, yeah, all right, yeah, that's it. No, it's good. It's just good. It's, they're a good band. It's a good band. Oh, here's the important part. Here's the message. All right, well, now now we can't tell them how much they suck. Well, how can they live in harmony? The person's drinking his wine, he's not looking around or taking calls, and he's in the welfare line every time. We are not leaving until we hear the Mafia A line. I like to be the president. So I can show you how your mind is Yeah, right on. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. God did this band suck. They stepped they stepped it up a half bar too on this yeah, chorus. Look out. Here it comes. Sometimes I don't speak right. But yet I know what I'm talking about. I don't. Nobody else knows. We don't. Somebody get these guys a fucking scratch pad. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I was just sitting in this diner going, fucking war sucks. They wouldn't have you in the mafia. Mafia. The mafia. What? Please tell me this song. Please, somebody tell me this song did not crack the top 25. I'm sure it did. Oh, yeah. This is a hit. This is a hit, everybody. This is a hit. I love it. All right. Also, in music, there's also some sort of like self-fulfilling shit prophecy where like the yes. shittiest band at the time must cover an old shitty song, like when Smash Mouth did this song, Ugh. and then Lenny Kravis did uh, American Woman. Like, there's some sort of, it's well, like passing no. the shit yeah. baton. Lenny, like, yes. We're well, the worst guys. We're the worst currently. We hold that title. Right. What's the worst song we can dig up? <laughs> Lenny Kravitz cover? did that the to piss me off. I, and I know I'm not a I'm, I'm not a wild narcissist, and I know everything doesn't revolve around me, but I know for a fact that. Lenny Kravitz said, I'm going to fucking make Corolla kill himself. He didn't want to do that song. He wanted me to kill myself. Yeah. Uh, uh, No, I need to see where it placed on the Billboard Top 10 or Top 20 list. I was uh, at the dentist today, and I put my earbuds in, and I uh, was just going through while the songs are on my phone. And at a certain point, uh, Elvis Costello's uh, What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding came on. And uh, I need to hear that for a second. I don't know who's queuing that up. I don't know who has that. And I thought, this song is so fucking good. It's so good. The message is good. It's so fucking good. And then I started getting getting angry because I realized how many hundreds of spaces is, is it behind when doves cry on the Rolling Stone 500 list. Then was the dentist like, stop clenching, Adam. Oh. 
says 1975. Oh, why can't we be friends? Oh, yeah, yeah. Got to number number one. That's that's the album, not the single. Oh, okay. Oh, the single. Okay, we'll figure out. Yeah. Number six. Jesus, a top ten song. Yeah, why can't we be friends is higher on the chart than Lowrider. Which is insane. But I guarantee what's so funny about Peace, Love, and Understanding did not chart as high as Why Can't We Be Friends, which shows you just no. how fucking stupid all you are. Drives me insane. That's all this and turn a song. They're both questions. <laughs> So, this is 284 on the uh, list, the Rolling Stones list. And when Doves cries, 52. <laughs> Anybody think this is 232 slots better? It's tough because it has almost a jokey title. It's hard to take it seriously if you're reading it on a That's list. That's why it's smart. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. When doves cry, that pretentious little that sounds of cake. What an ass! What? What? We're so fucking stupid. That's so, such a piece of shit. It's just a pretentious piece of shit. I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, I don't either. And this guy has a message. How much you want to bet doves don't even have tear ducts? Uh, good point. All right, turn it up. I always love the drumming in this song. The Audubon Society. It's not Prince's fault. No, it's the birds. Yeah, I know, I don't know. He's just writing shitty songs. It's you assholes that are making him rich. But you're asking your fucking readers and you're asking music critics? And they got this song 200 and something places better than this song? I don't understand how the decisions are made. But... You realize uh, Rolling Stone zero. You have zero. You have zero credibility. No one should ever listen to a fucking word you say. There's no song you should review. There's no album you should review. There's no movie you should review. There's nothing you should say. You should start to open your mouth there and you go, shut the fuck up. No one wants to hear what you have to say. You have When Doves Cries, 232 places in front of this song. All right, now turn it up again. So you, you should have nothing. They should not be able to weigh in on anything, ever. None of their contributing editors, none of the music experts, none of the readers, they're all fucking imbeciles. But isn't it crazy, the idea of just reviewing albums and giving stars and ranking songs? Because who's to? how can you possibly compare Prince to Elvis Costello to Tupac? Oh, it's to, easy. What, it's well, I know, but you can say, why can't we be friends sucks donkey ass? And you can say what's so funny about Peace, Love, and Understanding is a far superior song. And I mean, I know they're different songs. what it sounds like when doves cry. <laughs> fucking idiot. What's the fuck everyone doing with Prince? The guy's such a fucking asshole. Jesus Christ. You guys should all pat yourselves on the back for making him a billionaire. And then walking around. He's probably wearing some kind of spangled underpants right now and fucking a runaway. Just to spite you. He's balls deep in a hot 19-year-old. 
It's all your fault. I bet the fault. spangled underpants chafe, but he wears them anyway. anyway. That's his dedication to spangles and style. Yeah. So speaking of art, uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, my wife said, uh, "Read Sonny a book." The other day, and uh, I got uh, I got this book out, and she said, Sonny wants to read a book about dinosaurs. And I said, uh, "All right." So he went and picked out a dinosaur book, mm-hmm. and. I thought, all right, bite your tongue, Ace Man. Maybe you'll run into a book. Maybe you'll run into a kid's book that's actually interesting or clever or what have you. To you as an adult? At least that you could stand. I I mean, it's like, look, you sit there and you watch those Pixar movies and your kids enjoy the fuck out of them on one level. And then you enjoy the bejesus out of them on another level. That thing where, well, it's for kids. Now, come on. Wait, no, I like mac and cheese, and my kids like mac and cheese. There's such a thing as good mac and cheese. Those Pixar movies are a great example of a movie that old people and young people and everyone can appreciate and everyone can understand because they burn calories in their stories, and they write them well. And they don't write them over the heads of the kids, but Kids will respond to a good story and good writing. It's not like, oh, they're not mature enough to understand what good is. Oh, they'll understand it. You watch, you know, SpongeBob or you watch um, uh, Phineas and Ferb and you go, okay, that's good. And then you watch Dora the Explorer and you go, it's fucking lazy cop out by hacks, you know. And they can understand the difference. My kids like Phineas and Ferb more than they like the shittier, lazier cartoon. So it's not like you can't do it both ways. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, well, you can't build a nice car for folks who don't drive professionally on the circuit. It's like, yeah, you can. They appreciate it. They'll understand it. They may not be driving it to its fullest potential, but they understand a good automobile versus not. You don't have to go to driving school to figure that out. Storytelling and narrative is so innate that people of any age will respond. Yes. And I got this fucking Danny and the Dinosaur book. And it was it was written. I think it was written in 1952. And then it was re dinosaurs. It was re republished or something in uh, 86 and by the way you know because the kid who stars in it what colors his hair oh, blonde toe head blonde hair. right so there you go you go oh there, there's a blonde kid starring in this book right. like you go all right this had to be some kind of weird throwback thing and then you see all his friends are white and you go okay because now they have to be a sort of combination mm. of well they're not black they're not mexican they're not asian there's they're not latin they're somewhere in between they're all Derek Jeter, right and they're yeah. sh- and they should be a chick by this the way is like yeah. hitler youth and the yeah. dinosaurs yeah if, if Jeter had no pop in his bat that's who they would be so uh i thought allison you could uh read this and okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting back and reading it with my kid it's uh written by uh, sid hoff i hope he's dead because it's a piece of shit of a book anyone named sid i'm sure is dead that's good. Good point. Okay. And he did it with a Y, too, by the way. Yeah. And so uh, here's the book. And I'm, I'm sitting down, and again, I'm like, I've, I never read books. I don't read kids' books. I don't. But I'm thinking, you know what? I'm not going to judge. I'm going to have a nice moment with my son in bed, and I'm going to read him Danny and the di- First off, that just the shitty alliteration, Danny and the Dinosaur kind of thing is already strike one but uh, in the creativity department. Mm-hmm. But uh, here we go. Go ahead. Danny and the Dinosaur by Sid Hoff. One day, Danny went to the museum. I'm a fan of his brother Jack. He writes a different kind of book. (laughs) He -hmm. wanted to see. They're friends with the hunts, right? Mm -hmm. He wanted to see what was inside. He saw Indians. He saw bears. He saw Eskimos. He saw guns. He saw swords. And he saw dinosaurs. Don't rush through it, Allison. Enjoy it. Do you want me to? Okay. 
Power through. Point is, it ain't rhyming as far as I can tell, right? I don't think so. All right. So he went to the museum. He saw a bunch of different stuff. And then he saw the dinosaurs. Right. Danny loved dinosaurs. He wished he had one. I'm sorry they are not real, said Danny. It would be nice to play with a dinosaur. And I think it would be nice to play with you, said a voice. Can you, said Danny. Yes, said the dinosaur. Oh, good, said Danny. What can we do? I can take you for a ride, said the dinosaur. He put his head down so Danny could get on him. Let's consider it. He's magically sprung to life. Now they're going to go walking around town. Let's go, said Danny. A policeman stared at them. He had never seen a dinosaur stop for a red light. The dinosaur was Most so... Most dinosaurs t- just power through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they don't signal. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. the di- there's a reason they're extinct. Mm-hmm. That's uh, right. The dinosaur was so tall, Danny had to hold up the ropes for him. Yeah, he there's clothes lines. lines. Yeah. Look out, said Danny. Like a wrestler. Yeah, mm-hmm. getting into the ring. Bow wow, said a dog. The dog barked down. He thinks you are a car, said Danny. Go away, dog. We are not a car. I That's can just make- excellent riding. It's ac- By the way, I hope for a second you two don't think you could do something like this. No. Go no. away, dog. Yeah, go away, dog. Bow wow, the dog said. No, go, go away, dog. We are not a car. We're not a car. He thinks you're a car. Go away, dog. We're not a car. I can make a noise like a car, said the dinosaur. Honk, honk. How many honk. times did I tell you that people that write kids' books are just fucking retarded writers who can't write for adults? It's impossible. Believe me, they all wanted to write for adults. If they had self respect, they'd write a good porn script. Yes, they started writing for adults, and then someone went, Well, this is no good. And they went, Hey, I'll get to a bunch of kids. Well, that's a good point, Brian, because the next line is, What big rocks? said the dinosaur. That's right. They are not rocks, said Danny. They are buildings. I love to climb, said the dinosaur. Down, boy, said Danny. Mm-hmm. The dinosaur had to be very careful not to knock over houses or stores with his long tail. Some people were waiting for a bus. They rode on the dinosaur's tail instead. Oh, and then here's these classic D- rich people riding on the tail. Here's my point. Don't you think you could write this book as fast as you could write? I feel like this book was dictated by a four-year-old. Right. All right. Now, he goes around. He gets some ice cream. He makes some friends with they some other kids. He went to a ball game. He does nothing. Now, get to, like, the last three pages. Because then, here's the big ending, everybody. I hope you're buckled in. Because the there's, oh, there's a message. There's a message to be sent. All right. Yeah, you, can, you last... can go about the last, like, three pages there. Okay. It got late, and the other children left. Danny and, Danny and the dinosaur were alone. Well, goodbye, Danny, said the dinosaur. Can't you come and stay with me, said Danny? We could have fun. No, said the dinosaur. I've had a good time, the best I've had in a hundred million years. But now I must get back to the museum. They need me there. Oh, said Danny. Well, goodbye. Danny watched until the long tail was out of sight. Then he went home alone. Oh, well, thought Danny. We don't have room for a pet that size anyway. But we did have a wonderful day. Yeah. (laughs) You bet you didn't see that one coming. What a twist. Oh, there's another fucking Danny in the Dinosaur book? There's two? Wow. Jesus Christ. Spin-offs. Somebody fucking... If, if this guy's still alive, somebody please just I throw him out on the street. I don't want him living indoors. Okay, but I'm angry this, at him. He's and, also and, and Hold on a second. Uh-huh. I'm tired of every every fucking kid book because now when when you get to the end of the kid's book, now you need a little twist. Like if you're writing a movie or a story or something's got to happen, Dinosaur's got to rip off a mask like Tom Cruise and reveal he's his father or something like that. Now it's like the, every single one of these books ends like this. It, it got late. 
the moon came out. And Danny asked if the dinosaur could come home with him. But the dinosaur said no. Goodbye, dinosaur. Goodbye. That's not an ending. That's you stopping writing. I need closure. (laughs) That's nothing. Good. He's dead. Thank Christ. What a fucking hack. I agree with everything you said. But doesn't it give you new respect for, like, Dr. Seuss, who you usually rip on, when this was... This was the contemporaries of his day. <laughs> that was the his fucking gold was, standard. Right. Yeah, so that was the gold was standard. I love the idea that Sid Hoff gets to fucking be a hero instead of a hack. Is this book a piece of shit or is it not a piece of shit? Yeah, it was a piece of shit. Yes, and it goes, and, oh, there's a dog barking. He thinks you're a bigger dog. Don't bark, dog. I'm not a bigger dog. Okay, bark, bark. I make bark sounds, too. This is written either by a retarded person or <laughs> dictated, like you said, by a four-year-old right. with Down syndrome. That's why he's a hero. Oh. Wait, so did uh, Sonny like it, though? No, you know why? Because I read it in a disdainful <laughs> way. You? I kept like wincing and going, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> oh. What uh, off the top of your head? Do you have any kids' books that you particularly like? You're like, oh, but kid will like this one. It's got Doctor Jabago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's some. I mean, there's. It's possible to. No, I don't remember any. But there's. I mean, there's. I don't know. Charlotte's Web or something. I mean, there's. It's yeah, possible. I mean, like kids books. It's possible to write a book for a young person that has a beginning, a middle, and end. Has mm-hmm. a little bit of a twist, a possible message, or whatever. Other than, hey, it's dark. All right, we're going home. See ya. You got to read your kids the Giving Tree. Well, that's you depressing. Might cry. You might actually cry a little bit. That's yeah. fucking depressing. <laughs> anyway. Amelia Bedelia is a funny series right. of kids' books. This is a piece of shitta. Yes? Mm, yeah. Yes. All right. I think our guest is here. Ricky Lindholm is here. Ricky was in uh, Million Dollar Baby. I want to find out what her part was in that. Uh, does a very successful podcast on the uh, Nerdist uh, website. Trying to think of what to uh, call it, the uh, Nerdist channel, the Nerdist network, network, network. and uh, also part of the comedy duo. We we're talking about the musical duo Garfunkel and uh, Oaks, or I should say Oates. The other day we we're talking about, and uh, we'll they're talk very to funny. Her. We will. Uh, <clears throat> you've seen them? They've been here. Oh yeah, they play right. some tunes. They're hilarious. Oh yeah. I was high. I forgot. Trust me. You thought they were great. That's you right. Them. All right. Quick break. Also, your relationship calls, and we'll do that next. Life lock. Summer travel is a great way to disconnect, but sometimes you need to connect to the public Wi-Fi to check your email or post photos to social media. Cyber criminals can spy on unsecured public Wi-Fi networks and see your browsing history. Emails, even passwords every day. We put our info at risk on the Internet. In an instant, cyber criminals could steal what's yours and harm your finances and your credit. Good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they will send you an alert and access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. It's LifeLock, right, Dawson? Join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code ADAM. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com and use promo code ADAM for 25% off. That clip from 2011, make sure to listen tomorrow for the rest of it. And here, Ricky Lindholm. Uh, very funny, very talented, and uh, she'll hang with the gang. All right, we have one more clip for everybody today, and this is also from October of 2011, but we're going to do some Halloween stories with Adam's old buddy Ray. 
This is a uh, one-on-one Adam and Ray just telling Halloween stories. This is part one, playing part two tomorrow. It's Adam Carolla Show 677. It originally aired on Halloween of 2011. Check it out. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Mandate, get it on, and welcome to a special Halloween episode of the show. Brought in my buddy Ray Oldhoffer. Why? Because he was here, too. Because you guys demanded him. And uh, we've had a few Halloweens together. Yes, Ray? I'll say. (laughs) I can't remember half of them, but yeah, we did. One of the things I appreciate most about uh, Ray is one Halloween... I decided to go as Mr. T, and uh, there's an actual picture, if you go to AdamCarolla.com, of uh, <laughs> me as Mr. T, and Ray decided to go as a Hare Krishna, but uh, Ray was uh, what you call a spontaneous guy, and I was over at my buddy Snake's uh, condo, and he was shaving my head for Mr. T, and he was giving himself a mohawk, because he was going as a mohawk Indian, and Ray, you just showed up and said, uh, I'll go Hare Krishna. And your Absolutely. hair, your hair was long at it that was. point, and the, like eight inches or something. Crazy. Long Ray had long Kevin Bacon hair, and he sh- shaved all of it off and just left a little ponytail in the back. And let me tell you something, kids, with your with your bald heads and all your cool guys and your your bald leaders like Michael Jordan and guys like that, bald was weird. Now, this then, is circa, that day that bald was scary. This is 1983, people. We're talking bald is some bald is when they're putting electrodes on your head. Bald is bald some is kind jail. of jail. yeah, bald is if you ever see Full Metal Jacket, you're basically talking about Pile, the <laughs> fucked up guy from Full Metal Jacket who gets the uh, you know gets the cot beating. Yeah, yeah. Puts the shotgun the in his mouth. Yeah. Uh, puts a rifle in his mouth. Yeah, that that was bald. Bald was weird. So to go bald back then was a commitment. Statement. Now, of course, I had to go bald, too, because there's nothing I could do with my Mr. T cut when I was done with Halloween. Uh, you didn't go bald, though. You just let the sides. You would look fine. You just shaved the sides. <laughs> right. I had to shave everything off. I thought you just shaved the sides off, and then it grew in, and you looked fine. No, I didn't leave the top You looked the like an 80s on. guy. I didn't leave the you top You shaved the whole off. thing off? Yeah. Yeah, I need I need some proof. Did Ray, you? what am I gonna do? Leave a big fucking patch of pube hair on my lid? I had to get rid of it. Yeah, I don't remember. Really you know, it was weird because I've had a lot of conversations with my dad about employment, but he did say. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I came home with my Mister T haircut and beard. He just looked at me and he went, "Well, good luck getting a job now." I remember that was. I remember the, there was something about you're already barely employable. Now, now you're not. Now you fucking smeared shit on your head. Yeah, uh, now you, that happened around the same dates. You gotta, this is incredible. You got to keep in mind that uh, this is 1983, and it's the highest unemployment since now. Whenever they do those things where they go worst unemployment since 1983, well, that's the exact year we decide to shave I remember, our heads. I, I lived with my mother at the time, and um, I walked in the house, and she just burst out into tears <laughs> and ran into a room. <laughs> And wouldn't talk to me. The thing that was like, pra- Ma, come out. Ma, just look at me. And would look at me and run back in a room crying. The thing that's crazy about the Hare Krishna is it was such a commitment back then. I mean, like I said, the head shave thing, no one gives a shit now. Back then, big deal. And how about like half the people thought I really joined the church? That's, that's my <laughs> point. At Halloween parties. 
I'm not talking about walking through the mall the next day. I'm talking about at Halloween parties that night. People were like, oh, man, nice uh, Cinderella outfit, nice Wolfman outfit. Ray, you're Hare Krishna? You joined the the church of Hare Krishna? And like, no, it's my outfit. But you shaved your head. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. Or how about like the Red Sea would part for the beer line? Everybody was scared. Yeah, yeah, right. And you could just walk up to the keg. It was like free. All he, all it took was the the wall buzzer and the orange sheet, and Ray was in. And, and my sheet wasn't even orange; it was more red. Yeah, you I remember find that. an orange one. Mm. Ah, simpler times. Yeah, Halloween was a good. And I remember that Halloween. Here was the justification for me and my Mister T haircut: A, no job; B, no job; C, living in the garage; but D. It was one of those years where Halloween fell on like a Sunday, which meant parties for Halloween on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. See, there are times when Halloween falls on a Thursday or a Wednesday or something, where in which case you just have your Saturday night Halloween party, or Monday where you just have a Saturday night Halloween party or yeah, something like that. The, doesn't work Once in a while, it lands in a sweet spot where you can get like three good Halloween parties out of the one Halloween night. And I think, I think it was, I think it was like, a, oh, there's a picture of you. <laughs> See, Reg, ah, looking good. Again, uh, I think we'll I'm put about these, to cry. put these up. I have, a good, I have a good head, though. You got a good bald head. Mm-hmm. All right. No weird divots. No, no, you look good. A lot of white guys can't pull that off. So uh, that was one uh, Halloween. We'll take, we'll take your stories. I don't, I remember going to some valley parties I remember I was getting in a fight with a guy out in some driveway or something. I remember my dad being, he wasn't pissed off, but he was like, oh, great. Uh, great, great use of your time. I remember Snake <laughs> snake going as a Mohawk Indian. Um, I remember being unemployable. Not, I think we were cleaning carpets at the time, right, Ray? Yeah. Well, we would lose money at the end of the week. Right, we would go up to fantastic. Don- we'd go up to Donnie's house at the uh, end of the night and just sit there and eat uh, Stan's uh, Chinese food till four a.m. And uh, I think Donnie actually got the video camera out and got a few uh, few shots of you being you oh, and wait, we're me not being play me. That. Are we going to play nah, that? I don't, I don't think the predictions. Gonna, I don't think. Uh oh. Oh, Ray had predictions. You did too. I think. Did you have a ten year prediction? Yeah. It wasn't this, was it? I don't know. You're not going to play it. Are no, you? <laughs> Ray. Don't make predictions on camera. Right. You were going to have your girlfriend back. That happened. Yeah, but that happened for four months. Well, no, I, it, at, it, it, everything went full at, swing. At it wasn't the, exactly at, on the timeline. At time the end line. of 10 years, you weren't a famous actor, were you? Um, no, but you were. What was your... No, I wasn't. What was your prediction? You were going to have your girlfriend back. Going to have my girlfriend back. Going to have a job that paid 10 bucks an hour. <laughs> All those things came true. <laughs> you have any other Halloween memories, Ray? Uh, I remember, the one, remember when I was Conan? Yeah. When I went rented the outfit, and it was like putting on a football uniform and going out. Yeah, I remember. That was fantastic. Yeah. We yeah. got, uh, there's a picture of that somewhere. That there's was a good one. Ray's Conan. Um, oh, I was black many times. Many times I was black. It was uh, what we call simpler time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I went to, I went to school as black, Halloween. Ray went to school, went to school in, blackface in blackface for Halloween, and maybe not a, even for Halloween. Yeah, and hung with the brothers, uh, you know, There accepted. was a time when you were trying to convince all the black guys on the football team to go white and all the white, white guys, guys to go, go black. <laughs> that was a big deal. It would have worked. You showed up. <laughs> we would have won a game. 
Yeah, Ray showed up to school in blackface. And, and a hairnet. And a hairnet, and was not asked to leave, were you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, was, I was embraced by our brothers. In junior oh, high, Ray had a... In, in junior high... Ah, there we go. Let's go. Oh, look at Snake. Junior wow. high, Ray had a t-shirt, a yellow shirt with a pig on it that was th- throwing the finger. Yes. It said, have a nice day, asshole. Yes. And Ray used to wear that shirt to school. <laughs> this is... In the ninth, this is in the eighth grade. That wasn't Halloween. Either. That was in Halloween. That was just have a nice day, asshole. I was asked to turn the shirt inside out, and I said no. Somewhere, oh, you wouldn't even turn the shirt inside out, uh, Mr. Lane. Remember him? We walk around school. The shirt said "Have a nice day, asshole" on it, and from 1978, <laughs> and in blackface. Then two years later, with a hairnet, and no one said anything. There's a lot of stuff going on back then. I, I mean, the yearbook there was me and remember Ralph. Black guy, mm-hmm. Ralph arm and arm in the mm-hmm. yearbook. Yeah. Me and blackface. Oh, you and blackface. Yeah, me and blackface. Ralph and blackface also, but by no choice of his own. Yeah, and um, arm and arm. I gotta, I gotta check that out. I don't remember that. Yeah. No, all right. So uh, skyline blackface and uh, went as uh, Conan and uh, also as the uh, Hare Krishna. And we should go to valley parties. I don't even know how it worked. Someone would be throwing a party. We'd get some crappy directions. We'd usually spend most, the better part of the evening looking for the party. Right. Or it would be a, a huge caravan. Yeah. Had a lot of that kind of thing. Like yeah. Like eight cars going one place. And then when we found the party, half the time, uh, we didn't know whose house it was. Most of the time. Most of the time, we yeah. didn't know whose house it was. And then there was always like cheese stealing. Yeah. We had to get food. Had to get we food. We were hungry. Yeah. Someone get pushed Todd in the pool. Would, I mean, Snake would break stuff. Mm-hmm. Or I would. Yeah. Or you would. No. Oh, please. I was there because I had nothing else to do. I, there's no way kids would do that today, right? I don't think so. Just drive I, around. At least I hope not. Aimlessly driving around looking for a party. Yeah, but there was always like this, this word thing or then a meeting place kind of thing. It was always a little obscure. Nobody really knew what was going on. Right. Then there were always cops involved and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Somewhere along the line. Yeah. I always liked Halloween because... It was a great chick holiday. It was good when you were a single dude. Chicks would dress in hot outfits. They'd get drunk, and they'd kind of act out. You know, they'd act out depending on whatever they were. Did you ever get to, when you were Mr. T, did you get to make out with anybody? No. Mr. T was a bad... <laughs> no, when I, dressed, when I dressed up like a sailor, I met you chicks. Got play? Yeah, because I was in a uniform, and I looked... Decent. And when I went as Mr. T, I used a piece of charcoal or something on my face. I mean, I was a fucking mess, you know. Didn't you use, was it shoe, po- it wasn't shoe polish, though. I Some kind of grease paint or something. I remember using, I, oh, I remember, oh, I remember one of the things we did is I think we took, like, a newspaper, rolled it up and burnt it or something, or stick. And, and smudged it smudged, on you. Smudged that all over the place. Whatever. It was it was a horrible time. We're cleaning <laughs> carpets. We're getting seven bucks an hour. Shittiest carpet cleaning gigs ever. And uh, the only good time, really, is when uh, you and I would uh, head over to Hamburger Hamlet. Yeah. The one in Westwood. Yeah. Tell, Anyone. Tell people what you would do. How would it work, Ray? How would I? Well, I'd clean the carpet, ace fire up the grill. Yeah. Get it going. First thing we would do is search that place. You got me covered? Where's yeah, the food? Yeah, you're covered. The manager would give you the keys because you'd work all night. You'd have to work until like 4 a.m. 
And the manager wasn't going to sit there and watch you clean carpet till 4 a.m. So he'd give you the keys. And he'd give you the keys and he'd tell you, when you're done, throw the keys through the mail slot. That'll be it. We got it. By the way, we have taken a whiz or two through one of those mail slots. Yes. Not proud of that. <laughs> Not after we clean the carpet. Just random yogurt choice. You know? we, we pee in the carpet machines, too, remember? Oh, forgot about that. <laughs> Point is this. Um, we'd be left alone at the Hamburger Hamlet, and we would... Fi- Our boss would go, your employees bonded? Sure! <laughs> yeah. They're let bonded. Put, let me put a Teflon treatment on the carpet to raise whiz. <laughs> we would... Uh, Ray, Ray would get the grill going. I think I would clean the carpet, and you'd get the grill going. Nah, you were a better cook. Yeah, I'd get those burgers going. There's something about making your own burger in a deserted, huge kitchen. It's, uh, it's And then you'd flip up the tray and every accoutrement you could have yeah. right there. It's kind of like The Shining. You're in a huge, like, industrial-sized kitchen, and you're totally alone. And it's like 1.30 in the morning. No business and it's Tuesday there. night, and Ray's <laughs> buzzing away, and you're flipping burgers and putting guacamole and bacon and shit. And it's what like, else you want? And then the ice maker would make noise and scare the shit out of us. I'll tell you, it's weird and scary and spooky when you're in some of these places and it's two in the morning and it's deserted. Like whatever city you're in, it's closed down and you're back in the kitchen. Something spooky and creepy about being in a kitchen of like uh, whatever it is, like a Denny's or whatever, when you're the only person in there. Because there's, there's, there's pl- 10,000 square feet around you. And they're those places that are so used to being alive and then they're completely empty, like being in a stadium that's empty. And then you walk and to super the dim you walk to the back, right? You walk to the back, and it smells all weird and greasy. And you're going to get a bucket of water, and the ice maker makes its own weird jolting sound. It just it sits dormant for like an hour, and then it goes. Uh-huh. It just kicks on, and the ice starts moving, and you and you're just be sitting and there, you're jumping, fucking jumping out of your skin, like looking over your shoulders, knives everywhere. It's oh, and then weird. you grab the knife and you put it in your back pocket. <laughs> you so, grab the knife and you start walking around, clean, doing whatever your job is with a knife in your pocket because you need to be prepared. So, Mind you, you have a better chance of falling on the knife and killing yourself. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was a shitty job, but Ray made the uh, burgers. We do the uh, Russian tea room. That had a bar. Yeah. That's that where did. the booze started flowing. Uh, with the net, with the um, screen through it where you had to finger it up. You had to be like kind of oh, nimble. Oh, to get at the booze. To, yeah. You had to lock the up the booze. Actually, Chris had that down. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, he drank a lot of whiskey. Yeah. And they tried to steal a bunch of cream puffs. Um, and then there's <laughs> Edwards Air Force Base. Oh, God. That made you want to join the Air Force. <laughs> yeah. It but, was about a two-hour drive. It's like cleaning it acreage of, of carpet. Cleaning an Air Force Base. It's an airport. It's an airport. Imagine walking into an airport with a carpet wand that was seven inches across at the bottom and just looking at a f- stream of carpet, <laughs> just a field of carpet going, oh, fuck. Have at it. Have at it. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was horrible. Oh. It makes me want to cry now. Yeah, it's sad. I swear to God, I, my kids should kill me if I do that to them. Different time. Could you imagine if your kid did that shit? I'm going to have questions for my kids. Like, what is this job? How far are you what driving? Are you doing? What are you yeah. doing? How much are you getting made? I was driving to Edward, Edward, Edwards with Everlast. Yeah. What about, what about um, we wouldn't get drive time? Drive time was half time. Everlast was a black guy from New York who didn't have a license. And Everlast did some other things, too. Oh, he shot a guy. 
And <laughs> shot a couple of guys. Shot a couple guys. A couple guys? Yeah. Oh. Put them both down. He killed two guys? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, it was good times. Um, the guy I worked with, the guy I drove while he was just smoking spleef all the way, I picked him up at his apartment on a Sunday morning. You want to talk about... I look back on some of the shit we've done, Ray. And what about the dude, the Latin dude we used to work with, smoked dust on the job? Angels, the angel dust, yeah. yeah. And used to look at you and then and smile at you and go, dust. <laughs> some, some of the, uh, <laughs> like, some of the all shit. All right, and it would reek. Some of the shit I've done. Like, if you said to me now, hey, man, <laughs> this Sunday, here's what I want you to here's do. Here's what your day's going to be here's like. Your, here's your day. I'm going to need you to get up at 5 a.m., I'm going to need you to come out to Sherman Oaks. I need you to get the custom van, the one that says uh, Radical Rich on the side. I need you to then get in that van in Sherman Oaks, and I need you to drive it over to North Hollywood, and I need you to pick up a black dude named Everlast who will, in a few weeks from now, not yet, but in a few weeks, he's going to murder two guys at a bar uh, on Ventura Boulevard. But anyway, we'll get to that. And he'll do life in prison. But anyway, he's from New York. He doesn't have a license. He likes to smoke weed. Anyway, let him drive. You guys drive out to the Mojave Desert, uh, to Edwards Air Force Base. And By the way, we never even questioned what the dude's name was. <laughs> I didn't know. It was I'm just glad. like, hey, his name's Everlast. Yeah. That's what we'll call him. He doesn't have a license. He'll drive about 100 miles an hour while he's smoking spleef in this custom van with the bald tires. And then... Uh, once you get out to Edwards, hopefully you'll get there about 7 a.m., 7.30, Sunday morning. You can work there until about 7 p.m., maybe 8 or 9 o'clock that night, just cleaning gray carpet. And then you get back in the van with Everlast. He's going to smoke some more weed. And you guys drive back, a uh, two-hour drive, and then you drop Everlast off in North Hollywood, and then you can drop the van back off in, uh, in Van Nuys, and then you'll be home at, like, 10.30 at night. I'd be like... And by the way, you're only getting paid for eight. I need... Yeah, you're only getting paid for eight. You get $7 <laughs> an hour. I would be like, I need... That's 1500 bucks. Oh, no, no. We're talking about me. Uh, no. Right now? Right now? I need between 30 and 60 grand <laughs> for that. Easily. Easily. But by the way, if you were to get 30 or 60 grand for that right now, I don't think you'd do it. I made 65 bucks that day. <laughs> And then, after Everlast got uh, murdered, those two guys, um, I didn't know, I thought he murdered one guy, but anyway, murdered two guys, and then we're all sitting around Art's apartment, and Art's like, hey, want to hear funny, uh, want to hear funny message on my, my message machine? Oh, that was, yeah. And it was I like, hey, that. here you go. And it was like, hey, uh, man, this is Everlast. I'm in jail. Man, I'm in trouble. Man, you got to bail me out, man. I did some bad things. And then it's like, hang up. And, and Art looked at us going, he killed two guys. He thinks I'm going to bail him out? No fucking way. It was a big laugh. We had and like a, laughing. It was a laugh. Of, eh, good laugh. Good laugh about that. All right, anyway. I don't think we laughed. I think he I laughed. Time to get in the van. Here we go. Let's I go keep, clean at Denny's. Yay. Keep trying to figure <laughs> out if uh, Everlast is still. Do you think he's still? Oh, come on. What? Yeah, he's still in. He's got to be. He does? Yeah. I would imagine so. I, first of all, I don't think he could put together like good time, you know. And he was so young and so angry. I mean, he, he's probably killed a few guys in. All right. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I would hope not. 
You know, I would really uh, maybe hope not. found Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're talking about 30 years ago. Well, yeah. not quite 30 years ago, but we're talking about like 25, 28 years ago now, right? You're talking close to 30. No, you are talking close to 30 because we were, yeah. yeah right, well, but I said no. Right, so 20. Quiet. Okay, 20. Yeah. I mean, I think he's still in. <laughs> well, if we ever knew his real name. I remember his last name? I have no idea. I do. Well, don't say it. All right. You do? Yeah. No. Huh. Eh. Facebook him. Everlast McGee. Did that you say it. the name? Yeah, I did. Didn't I? All right. No, you told me not to. Right. How is it every time I do a show with you where I try to use someone's first name? We don't know his first name. All right. Now you can't get sued. He did murder <laughs> at least <laughs> one guy, right? It's not like we're making this up. No, we're not making it up. All right. Oh, listen, and man. it was always kind of scary working with the dude. Like, Google. you didn't know what you were dealing with. Didn't you couldn't know, really talk to him. Didn't know, but didn't care. And he was, and he had a lot of vigor. You know, he had yeah. a ton of energy. Yeah. Well, see what happened. Google and veering all over the place. Well, he didn't. He was from New York or something. I don't think he could drive. Well, he, he got us license. out to Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, he didn't last too long. You know, he had bigger and better things to get into. All right, should we take some uh, phone calls there, Reza? Sure. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Ooh, someone had a threesome on Halloween. Hey, Colin. Oh, yeah, dude. Adam. What's going on, Colin? Not much. Uh, listening up. Love the show. God bless. What's happening? Uh, okay, so a couple of years ago, uh, down at college, uh, we had a fraternity party. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Dodgeball. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just one of the global gym guys, and uh, my buddy was dressed as uh, one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, it was getting a little late, like 3 or 4 in the morning. We uh, headed back to his place. We were just hanging outside, smoking, and uh, two pretty hammered girls walked by, and uh, they asked if we had any pot, and we said, yeah, come on in, hang out. And uh, they came in, they came into the room. It was me, uh, my buddy, and these two other girls, and the other one just straight up passed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Four in the morning now, mm-hmm. and uh, the other girl looked at her friend, looked at us, and uh, kind of started uh, rubbing my buddy's shell. It was his backpack. He was uh, tested up as a shell, mm-hmm. and uh, we just Ninja started uh, getting yeah. it on. Yeah. So uh, yeah. two dudes and the chick, huh? Yeah, but we had our we had our costumes on. So yeah, know. what was she dressed as? She was dressed as a, a princess. I'm not exactly sure which one. Princess Hooker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jizreel. The, the funniest part about it was uh, afterwards, um, uh, she came up to me and whispered in my ear and uh, asked me, uh, she said, hey, I got, a, I got a question I need to ask you. Don't be mad, uh, but I have a little Coke. I uh, was wondering if you guys would want to do something with us. And my friend just flipped out and just goes, you ask, you, you bring up the Coke now? Yeah. Like right after we're done? And I don't know, that was pretty funny. Well, maybe she'd had a little, uh, thanks, Colin. Maybe she had a little bad experience with the Coke pre- Sex, you know what I mean? I missed a weird random hookup. You and I have a friend. Yeah. A mutual friend who was like living up around Santa Barbara and just sort of hanging out, like just having a one man barbecue, like on his porch at like 2 a.m. Like just kind of homeless chick, kind of like strutting by. Next thing you know, hook up. Not a bad way to live. <laughs> Just saying, it's such a fucking <laughs> random. I think it uh, happens. That's why I always say, you want to be. John Sally loves this, by the way. You want to be, or is it, or is it Matt Fair? One of the guys from the car shows. You, you the best era is pre-AIDS, mid Coke. So you want to be before AIDS, 
and, and during Coke. Because that, that's when the, when the hooking up. That was a free-for-all. That was a free-for-all. We, were, we missed that, though. We were too young. Yeah, I know. All right. Somebody had a uh, disgusting bad date. Skip did. Let's talk to uh, Skip. Hey, Skip. Hey, man. What's going on, Skipperoo? Hello. First time call. I listened to you forever. Thanks. Forever. Where did you listen to me forever? Uh, I joined the Navy in 93 when I came to San Diego. I started listening to 91X. Ah, the great 91X. What's, go- yeah. what's going on? And, uh, What'd you do? I had no, no concept. You were, like, like so awesome then. Until, you know, whatever. You know, a lot of my uh, uh, sex education at the age of 18, 19 years old came mm-hmm. from you and Dr. Drew. So i got to hand that to you guys. Thanks, Skip. What'd you do in the Navy? I was a navigator. No. Oh. Sounds interesting. And um, I started out in the reserves. That's kind of part of this story. Mm-hmm. I started out in the reserves, so I went to basic training in, in Great Lakes, and I went down to Orlando for my school, and then I came back to Tucson, Arizona, for go to college mm-hmm. and uh, do my one weekend a month and everything. And I was eventually going to go full time. So I just got back. I, I've been away for like almost a year. You know, sailor on the weekend. You know, I still live in a home, but it's still cool, right? Mm-hmm. Going to school. And I meet this chick that's pretty damn good looking. And I asked her out. Tucson has this thing uh, called uh, Universal Studios. Or it's like Universal Studios called Old Tucson. Mm-hmm. So they film all the old, old Western movies. Well, Halloween, the whole month of October, they do it into an old ghost town. It's like a whole haunted house or Old West themed thing. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, at least it was back then, but yeah. it hasn't been in a while. So anyway, I get the I get the cojones to ask her out because you know again now I'm in the Navy and I've you know, dropped sixty pounds and you know gained some muscle and shit. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'm I'm in. Right. So we get there. Actually, went on a couple of dates. And we finally go out there, and it's like she starts opening up about stuff, and I find out she's not even really dating to have a relationship or anything, which I'm cool with that, whatever. But it turns out she's actually still dating a guy that's in prison for having sex with a minor. <laughs> Now, Chilean-style like, really minor? <laughs> or, you know. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is with the dates. Maybe it's the booze starts flowing, but people just volunteer way too much shit. Was she yeah, with, like, we hot girl dates? Oh. And she was hot? She was pretty damn hot, yeah. All right. All right, so and, what, what happened? You know, so we're having a good I'm like, okay, well, I'll let that go. Well, at least she's not in a relationship. Maybe she's kind of, you know, she's been a, her man's been in prison for a while. She's wanting to get it on, whatever. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So that whole sailor mentality. Sure. And uh, uh, we go to leave. It's like midnight, whatever. And we're walking out to the car. And I go to get in the car. She's like, oh, hold on. And she hops out real quick. She's like, I got to change my tampon. Oh. Like, Excuse me? And she squats down next to the car and changes her tampon. Oh, and man. That was the worst drive home yeah, but you had a hard on, right? <laughs> By the way, what do you do with that oh. spent tampon, too? You know, oh, somebody's going to... Toss it in another car, I guess. Toss it in the backseat of his car. It was oh, not coming into my Dotson 510, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah. By the way, don't put that next to the graduation tassel oh. hanging from the rear view. That's bad <laughs> mojo right there. Change yeah. the tampon on you. Yeah. Wow. I was like, yeah, definitely uh, not happening. Yeah, you're lucky, fucking uh, Count Dracula or one of the <laughs> one of the other one of the other creatures that roams this earth seeking blood didn't come around on uh, Halloween down. night. Yeah, I uh, I forgot about a horrible horrible uh, Halloween 
event I had. Uh, not a not a horrible, but just like lonely guy Halloween, like sad, lonely, lonely dude Halloween. Uh, Ray Oldhoffer is here. We're talking, uh, sharing some old Halloween stories. You guys are calling up on this uh, special Halloween edition. I'll share you my, uh, it's the kind of story, by the way, that if I was single would definitely get me laid now. You know, because I mean? chicks who would hear it would go, Aww, wow, come oh, here. wow, come here. Yeah, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with your calls and my lonely Halloween story after this. Aww. And that was Ray telling Halloween stories with Adam. I loved it. I miss Ray. Me too. And that will do it for Corolla Classics. But don't worry, Gio and I got you covered all week long. So make sure to stick around and listen to all of these clips to get a glimpse of the history of what is the Adam Corolla Show. My name's Chris Loxamana. That's super fan Giovanni. Hello, and get it on. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning renting you want to save some money how about your bundle bundle your policies at geico geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy it's a good thing too because you got so much to do already go to geico.com get a quote see just how much you could save at geico that is geico.com today that's geico.com pluto tv is playing the biggest movies every night this summer for free Watch hit movies like The Matrix, G.I. Joe Retaliation, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Scary Movie, Runaway Bride, and more all summer long. Check out the biggest stars like The Rock, Keanu Reeves, Tom Cruise, Julia Roberts, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and more. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of free TV channels in English and Spanish featuring TV shows, news, sports, comedy, and more all for free. Download the free Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device, including Android and Apple smartphones. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free.